0: Okay, I got an email from Young Yang Wang. That just sounds very porno. Welcome to episode 1500. Zero, zero. Zero of the TryGames.net podcast. It is 12.10pm on a Saturday. It is October 10th, and no, by this point, episode 149 has not been uploaded yet. I'm still trying to catch up, but 147 and 148 are both up, and by the time you hear this, 149 will be up, so it's kind of pointless that I mention it, only it won't be anywhere near October 10th when this one goes up. So, anyway, um, I am your host, Mr. chupon uh... Known on his birth certificate as Austin. And I've got two lovely ladies here with me, as usual. First one has hair. Very true. Who are you? Oh, oh, me?
1: Uh, er, I guess I am... Uh, uh, that you guy, guess? You don't know who you that guy, are? That they are, are uh, 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 I'm not allowed to disclose that information. <laughs> <laughs> Inside jokes. Uh, Al the Gatling. Al the Gatling. A.K.A. the Antipode. Opposite of
0: you, as he is known on the site, and then we have another one with not as much hair. In uh, I was gonna say
2: I still have some some hair, you know, and we need more excitement because this is episode one hundred and fifty. Eh, eh. need more what excitement? Excitement?
1: Eh. Oh no, we gotta do the excitement two hundred. Yeah,
2: but it's still it's still a nice number. <laughs> okay, okay, One, yo, 50 Hit that big ass rim. You fifty. Yeah. Hit
0: that big ass <laughs> Yeah. Let's let's ret- retcon episode one twenty five and have a big quarter whatever. The, uh, uh, yeah, uh, uh. Hey, this is a podcast about video games. Apparently, we haven't mentioned any games yet. Well, let's. Mention I'm some looking games. at Google Maps. You're looking at Google Maps. <laughs> definitely okay. not a game. It could be if if you you know import the the Megan's Law plugin and, and try to find all offenders and, and do a scavenger hunt for them. And and you can rack up the most points to see how many, how many you can find. Are... I've
2: done that before, and it's scary.
0: Yeah, they answer Mm-mm. the door in their bathrobes, like, "Hey,
2: how
0: old are you?" Well, I'm Pete, and I'm twenty. I don't know how old you are. Twenty-six or twenty-five. Oh, you're too old. I'm for twenty-seven, me. yo. I'm twenty-seven, yo. Oh, you're too old for me. Never mind. And then they shut the door in your face, and possibly on. Never mind. I'm not going to go there. Not gonna go there. This is a family friendly podcast. No it's not. No.
2: Speaking of pedophiles, let's move on to what you've been playing. Oh, oh. oh. who have you been playing, Pete? Oh, oh. Sally. Well we got why well, you gotta start on me <laughs> Um <laughs> Petey okay, Pedo. pe so, Petey Pedo. So uh <laughs> I've been playing um Half Life Two episode two. Ah oh. I did I did start that. Uh I mentioned it in the tail end of the what you will hear on 149, whenever that gets put up, or um, what you should have
0: already heard if you have been good in downloading the episodes timely manner, in a timely manner.
2: Correct. Correct. Um, yeah. So anyway, yeah, but uh, I've been playing more of that. I'm not done with it yet, but I, I'm i definitely over halfway through the game, and uh, I, I'm going to wait until I'm completely finished with it before I give an, a full impression on it. I gave a, a, stand, a starting impression uh, in my last thing I talked about it, but, like, that... I, yeah, I'm just gonna wait till I'm done with it before I try to summarize my feelings about that and all of Half-Life 2. So in so far as it stands, with you know the original and the two episodes, but I'll just say that I'm you know I'm loving it. And then I've also I did Cave and I bought Civ 4 off Directed Drive's five dollar oh, wow. sale thing, which but by the time not on you hear Steam. this, will, what's that? But it's not on Steam. It's not on Steam, and I'm very upset about that. <laughs> but um. But, uh, I was like, it's only $5. I mean, like, I, and I really wanted it, and I, I luckily stopped myself from buying other stuff. But also, by buying at least one game after their sale, I got entered into a contest to win all the games that are part of their sale. So, you know, I figured, I really want the game, and I get entered into this contest. I'll just fucking do it. Um, but anyway, uh, so what was I saying? Oh, yeah, so I bought Civ 4, and I played a few games of that, and, just got rehooked into that. It it still has that quality of uh, you start playing, thinking you're only gonna play for a few minutes, and then next thing you know, it's like eight hours later, and oh, you yeah. still just click one more turn. That's why I don't um, play that much Anyway. Yeah. I'm not even good at the game. Like I, I've only played two, like techn- t- technically two full games so far. Uh, the first was I replaced through the t- tutorial because like it's been a while since I played it and just kind of refresh myself. Mm-hmm. And then like after the t- tutorial ends, you can keep playing that game. So I finished out that that game that like round or whatever you want to call it. And uh, I won that through uh, domination victory. And then I went in a couple days later I played another uh, game and I play on whatever the base whatever the standard settings are like when you click uh, like play now or whatever. And like you just go to default, know, then yeah, yeah, the default setting. So it's like I think it's like not the easiest, but next to easiest difficulty and things like that. I don't remember the actual names of the difficulty levels, but uh, so yeah, I kind of just leave everything the way it's set, default. And uh, I wound up losing that one because I uh, I couldn't decide what victory condition I wanted to go for, and then it got too late in the game, and I started uh, like I had been building up a military the whole time for defensive, like just for defensive purposes. And, uh, I was doing a lot of trading and stuff, but when I started getting into the AD era era, and definitely up towards, like, uh, 1800, 1900, things like that, when the game starts, like, the, you know, the the turns start, not the turns start going quicker, but the time, you know, it actually stretches out, but it feels like it's going quicker because you're coming up towards the end, um, because I guess people, for those who don't know, the game ends at, I don't know, remember when it starts, it's sometime, like, way BC, but then it ends in 2050 80 uh, and when the game starts, it jumps a lot of years per turn, um, but then as it gets closer to the end, it stretches out to, like, one year per turn, or I think it gets two, and then maybe down to one, I don't, I think it gets down to one after 2000, but anyway, uh, even though it's, like, stretching out that time, it feels like it's going so much quicker because you're pretty much set into what you're trying to do at that point and to how to win. Um, and so you're kinda, your turns, are, I guess, are going faster. But uh, I didn't have any victory condition I could meet in the, uh, like, last 50 turns, so I just, like, tried to, like, I took my huge-ass army and just tried to crush someone before I, like, so I wouldn't be, like, last place on the uh, on the boards of the civilization. Hmm. Um, Civilization rankings, and uh, I couldn't even do successfully do that. I got one of the other civs to go to war with uh, Julius C- uh, against Julius Caesar with me, and then halfway through the war, they're just like, "Yeah, we don't want to do this anymore." So oh, then it was just that me too. And- <laughs> Well, then it was just me, and I couldn't com- I couldn't like completely wipe them off the face of the earth, so I didn't end up. I, I didn't wind up last place, but I think I went up next to last place. But even when you lose, that game is still so much fun. Mm-hmm. And that's really all I've been- Actually, all I've been
0: playing. Did you at least import the executable into Steam so that you could start it from there?
2: No, I didn't do that either because, like, Ugh. I don't know, It's that seems weird to me. I don't like having the non-Steam games tab on my Steam list. Yeah, you is know I
1: feel the same way.
0: Is it, is it a different tab? Because,
2: yeah, it says there's a non-Steam games tab. Like, not a different tab, but, like, in your games list, right, there's, there's Steam a... games and then non-Steam
0: games. Really? Because I alphabetized... Let me let me take a look at mine while Al starts talking about what he's been playing. Oh, this would be interesting. Uh, I've been playing a lot of
1: Crisis Core, although I have not made much progress. a lot of the missions, because the missions... the Basically, in Crisis Core, um <clears throat> you get a set of missions, and as you finish them you get new ones and as you progress through the game you get new categories to do missions in and you get items that can help you throughout the game so what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to do all the missions that I can do so I get all the items that I can get that will be helpful to me at that time and you get a lot of special stuff too which um, like I picked up a couple of um, hidden things for my DMW Uh, I got one that brings out Cat Sith and Sith basically, like, jumps around you, and he does this really funny animation where he, like, jumps, and he claps and then points at you before he lands. And um, the result of all the jumping around and clapping is that you get a whole bunch of buffs. Like, you're, uh, I think you're invincible, and all your hits are critical, and uh, you get healed, and a whole bunch of good stuff. And then I picked up another one that I didn't get to use yet, Called Moogle uh, Whistle or something like that, and you know you just get them like by finding secret treasure in the in the missions. Uh, and early this morning, I actually managed to walk a little bit in the game and didn't really get too far. Anyway, I downloaded a couple of things, although I managed to only play one of them. I downloaded the Epilogue to Prince Pressure, which was on sale. But I probably won't play that till December. Because I have a couple other games I want to finish first. Um, <clears throat> I downloaded the final episode to Final Fantasy for of the After Years. But what I want to do is I want to get all my characters in the previous episodes to level 40. Uh, which would be sort of like a challenge. Because of the fact that some of the characters have really terrible situations. Like for example, um, Lydia and Luca they are in a party together, and none of them have any heals, and Lydia doesn't even have, um, summons. So she's basically a black mage with really shitty black magic spells, like just, uh, level 2 spells. And, um, Luca just wields a hammer, and you have to use potions in order to heal. But the enemies hit you so fast and so hard that you, a lot of times you could just die in one battle. So, um, that's pretty rough. But some of the other party combinations are pretty balanced, and it'll probably be easy to get the 40 with those, but I just have to take my time with some of the others. And then I'll do the uh, the final chapter where I can import all of that data so that they can be of the high level or whatever, whatever items that I have, I think. But <clears throat> other than that, I also downloaded Contra Rebirth for WiiWare. And Contra Rebirth is, Yeah, you did! Uh awesome. Uh, <laughs> it's it's really good. It's just like really melodramatic in terms of they actually have like a storyline. It's not where you just press start and you just throw you into the game or you just gotta do, defeat the aliens at the end or whatever. But <clears throat> the storyline is like they wake up Bill Riser out of some cryogenic sleep and tell him that there's this guy, Red Salamander who's uh, challenging or trying to destroy... The red Salamander? The... Yeah, Red Salamander. No
0: longer the Red Scorpion. He's been demoted to a salamander.
1: No, no, it's come somebody completely different. Um, but he's also been demoted. I suppose. <laughs> I, I don't know. I think that a salamander is probably an upgrade over a scorpion. I think. I'm not in terms of deadliness, but in terms okay. of animal... Animal...
0: Shit, I'd yeah. rather fight a salamander than a scorpion, but go ahead. Sure. Um... <laughs> Uh what was I saying? Yes. So
1: they they wake him up and say he's needed, so he's like, Alright, sure And then uh the president of the free world or whatever <laughs> tells him some some stupid ass title like that. he's like president of the world and he's like, uh yeah, have you ever heard of Red Salamander? And Bill's like, you- uh I can't really say I do And he goes, Well he's trying to uh destroy the world or something like that. <laughs> and we have to tell, we we have to show him how humans rally against this type of thing. Are it's you like a that. bad
0: enough dude to take down the red salamander? Ho ho ho! <laughs> you watch. have you have defeated red salamander. Let's go grab a burger. <laughs> <laughs> so um, then
1: they go, yeah, the Contra has been reborn because that that's the only thing that they use to destroy aliens. Apparently, just Contra. Um, and then they they reveal some other weird storyline how. Uh, in 1973, Red Falcon Uh, They used a time warp To go into the past To go to 1973 to try and destroy the world And they sent Lance Bean out To destroy them But he went MIA And because of that Then They fast forward over to 2023 And your Bill riser fighting Red Salamander Now, what this usually means Because I don't know if you guys are really familiar with the Contra "quote unquote" storyline? Uh, no, I never okay. paid attention, and it sounds really terrible. Okay, yeah, well, really in, a way, in a good way. In a good way, either. Well, it, just... it goes like this: basically, in the later games, because you know, in the original Contra, it was Lance Beam and Bill Riser, and in Super C, it was Lance being Bill Riser. It's Bill and Lance. And um, <clears throat> in Contra Three, it was Lance Beam, Bill Riser. But in Contra Shadow Soldier, it was Bill Riser and that other chick. I forget her name. And Lance Bean is the bad guy. In neo Contra, it's Bill Riser and uh, Red Samurai or y- Yagyu the Samurai, something like that. Uh, and the last guy is Lance Bean. And in Contra 4, it's. You can choose, so I don't even think it really matters. But I think Lance Bean is actually the second player in. Um, in there
0: is no storyline.
1: Of course not. Uh, that's why I put it in quotes. And then in Contra Rebirth, I. I didn't see those quotes. <laughs> <laughs> I think Red Salamander <laughs> is Lance B, which would make sense to me.
0: But, um... So now nah, you get to go actually, into his mouth and, and shoot his heart?
1: I don't know. <laughs> you I'll, should. Because I was going to say, let me let me actually tell you about the game now. I, I made it up to Area 3, and Area 3 is just fucking insane. Now, I'm playing on normal, and I think normal's kind of easy, so I might start playing on hard, but I want to learn the game first, so I'll probably learn it on normal. Yeah, you do. But, um... You know, the first time I played I I like, lost all my lives before the end of the first screen of Area 1, which, Area 1 is only two screens long. And <laughs> it was only because I didn't really, you know, I was kind of getting used to the game. <clears throat> but, you know, it's your regular ass Contra. It's kind of like Contra 3, except you don't have the ability to um, shoot both of your weapons at the same time. So it's kind of like Contra 4. Um, in the terms of you only are able to fix your position and then angle eight directions, but you can't hold your position and walk back and forth. Okay, like in Gunstar Heroes. Like in Gunstar, well, like
0: in Contra 3, I think. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot about that, too. Yeah, yeah. I um, can. Yeah, you can, I think. I, I forgot. believe so.
1: Maybe not. I don't remember. But I think that that was a feature that was in Contra 3, which I also have in my Wii, but I haven't played in a while. But uh, you have two weapons, and you have um, the ability to fix your position. And, you know, the weapons I've seen so far is the spread, the um, homing missile, and the laser, along with the uh, regular P-Shooter, which is extremely effective. (laughs) Okay. So, the first level is just, like, a quick run to the level one Contra theme song, which is a little rearranged, and it's just basically a whole bunch of aliens, like, infiltrating some spaceship or something like that, but, mind you, I don't think it's a spaceship, it's probably, like, an airship or something, because... Your helicopter shoots you into the, um, into the airship or whatever it is. So, like, it starts out with a big-ass explosion, and you see the helicopter in the corner, and you jump into the screen. So I'm like, what the fuck? So, you know, you run around, destroy a bunch of aliens, and you beat the boss. Just probably two minutes worth of, of the first level. And the second level, they take the theme song from the first stage of um, Contra 3. And you're in the city area. And I thought you said funny. that was
0: already the theme song for the first stage.
1: No, 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 no. The original Contra. Oh, okay. This one is Contra 3. Okay. Uh, what's funny about Contra 3, though, is... Um, I mean, the Contra 3. What's funny about the second level is that there's a whole bunch of people running in the city. They're, like, running away. And this big-ass robot comes, drops down, and this girl trips. She looks like uh, kind of like Roll. But, of course, since it's a different company, it can't be Roll. But <clears throat> it grabs her. And then Bill Riser it- comes out from the sky because at the end of the first level, you're like falling down from this ship yeah. that that was exploding, and then you have to beat the boss on these rocks that are kind of floating up. So Bill Riser comes out of the sky and like I don't know, I guess he just flips into it, but I would say he like jump kicked the head off the robot. <laughs> <laughs> And then, and then the robot puts the girl down and flies off. And then
0: she just stands there and goes, Thank you! Thank you! Thank you! Thank you! And then you run off and start doing that, the level. That that sounds like when in Tomb Raider the movie, and I know, I only know this because of Giant Bomb's Tang segments, Well mm-hmm. oh, in Tomb Raider the movie, uh, Angelina Jolie punches a shark in the face. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> and in but the Resident funny. Evil movie, Mila Jovovich, Matrix kicks a dog.
1: Oh, yes. That I already know. Oh, speaking of uh, Resident <laughs> Evil... I think I mentioned previously, it, either it was on a podcast or just to you, that they're making Resident Evil, the new one, based on yeah. a video game. Yeah, so you it's did. not. I just read on Kotaku the uh, storyline that. You are wrong. Uh, the storyline to that movie is, like, stupid. So uh, <laughs> well, it's not it's, related to the game at all. It's a video game movie, so it's going to be stupid.
0: Anyway, <laughs> continue. Stage 2. All right.
1: So stage 2, you run through a city kind of like Contra 3, and you go up a wall kind of like Contra 3, and then you fight this robot, which is really funny. I won't talk about it. But then Area 3, where I died, you're on a a truck on a highway. And these, like, camel-looking robots come out and they give you uh, weapons. And then they give you these phases, It's like kind of traffic signs, and they tell you what's coming. So in the traffic sign, the first traffic sign is, like, uh, these guys who are on the... Remember in Country 3, those little flying insect things that used to try and grab you and then take you up to the top of the screen and kill you? Uh, Yeah. In Stage 3. So it looks like the, the bad guys are, like, riding them. And they come zoom out like mode seven ish from the front of the screen, from and the tr- yeah, yeah. Zoom into the into the actual gameplay area. You kill them. Nothing. Then there's like a samurai kind of guy on a bus who's riding a rocket, and yeah, you samurai. Um, you kill him. he's he, he, cage well, enough ne <laughs> <laughs> You get <a> cage. <laughs> Sorry, go um, ahead. <laughs> so you kill him, he, you learn him, you kill him, blah, blah, blah. And then there's this big part where all these little camel robots are, like, bashing up against the front of the truck. And, well, the, I think the truck is kind of bashing up against the back of the, the camels. But you kill the camels, and you do the thing. And you fight the boss, who shoots, like, a zillion rockets at you. And you're like, what the fuck? And um, I actually beat that. And I think there's
0: Bullshit!
1: More. Yeah, I beat that boss, and then there's more to the stage. But the thing was, it was, it was so hard getting from the the boss uh, the samurai like ninja boss <clears throat> from him to beating the rocket thing and then continuing past that it was just like a whole bunch of stuff and i was like okay i gotta go to bed but the <laughs> thing about that is that there's a limited continues and uh you can kind of just keep trying to learn whatever whatever and then when you want to really kind of Play it to get a good score and try and beat it in three lives. Then you can do it. Um, I think that's all I've been playing. Actually, I played a little Assassin's Creed this morning, which is more of the same. I finished the uh the oh yeah, I finished the Ooh. third memory block, which was there was something funny about it. The something guy fun about your in the face. face. Anyway, a guy in <laughs> Jerusalem. He actually kind of sees you and <clears throat> goes through this whole dramatic thing where he wants you to step into the light and then. Uh, you reveal yourself, and then after he does that, he runs because he's a freaking coward. So, I'm chasing him through the city and he gets stopped by the vigilantes that come out, at, you know the vigilantes that come out when you save a citizen. Mm-hmm. He actually gets held up by them and I ran past him and said, oh shit, that's him! Boom! And stabbed him <laughs> in the middle of the street. I was crying because it was just so easy and I knew it was supposed to be harder than that, but um I was happy that the vigilantes were holding him while I just like conveniently stabbed him with a hidden blade in front of all of them. And they were just like, Okay,
0: cool. Yeah. Yeah. I d I dunno him, but he was kinda he was kinda mean. Go ahead. <laughs> uh yeah, so that that's all. Aiding and playing. abetting. What?
1: aiding and abetting. Aiding and abetting. Oh wait. There was wait. one last thing. Yeah, Printy. I played Prinny. For two days and Yay, passed dude. five of the six stages, dude. And um, I've stopped playing that. <laughs> the I'm just mad. Like I, I kind of took a break on it because it took me literally 33 minutes to finish the um, the fifth out of six stages. And part of the reason why it was, was because um there was just there were a lot of jumps. I don't know if you did this stage, Austin. I did
0: one, two, and six. Six. I did six. I did six early so that I didn't have to do it later. Yeah, I did six
1: most recently. And you're I don't know how to stage if the stage layout is any different, but uh six is the the fortress, right? Where at the end you fight uh Yeah. Th- that dude with, with the sword. That dude with the sword. Oh you it's probably a different boss for you too. Um alright, so anyway. <laughs> oh no, I'm just
0: saying that dude with a sword is not very descriptive. <laughs>
1: Oh, there's only one dude with a sword I've fought against so far. Cause I'm I, a dude
0: I, with a sword. I'm a penguin with a sword. Yeah, but, but you're not in a video that's... game.
1: Sure. Oh, no, you're no, talking, the penguin... about the game. talking about the game. You're talking about Prinny. Alright, I forget his name, but he's... he's. He, it has to be somebody different, because um, you get different items based on the boss you fight or whatnot. So, <clears throat> I think you do, at least. But the stage at near the end, there's all these, like... Uh little tiny platforms you have to jump across yeah um that that part kind of got me in also um just getting from certain parts to other parts w- while bouncing on the heads of the enemies uh there is one part where there's uh like a hole, and then there's this guy inside this little spike machine, and he shoots you. I don't know if that's in your level or not, but that guy was
0: really. Annoying. That's getting way specific. I can't even remember. I can't even think about your time right yeah. now. Yeah, like, because that's are really specific. Are like
2: crazy randomized in this game? No, no. I think
0: they're pretty set up intentionally to be difficult and like so. So it's one of those things where, once you, like once you once you Ninja Gaiden or Castlevania through it, you're like, all right, I know where things are and I can blaze through this level like, really fast, but it takes a long time and a lot of frustration. You know what I mean? But the
2: way Al's talking about it, it sounds like you are experiencing different things than he is. Right. That's no, no, is. no. It's just no. because
1: I have a terrible memory. No, I don't think so. It's because, um... There's six stages you choose from in printing, and you can choose them in any order. But the caveat is the late, the, the more stages you finish, the later at night it becomes, and the harder the the remaining stages become. Oh, oh yeah, yeah.
0: In that sense, yes. I thought you meant, like, like in a given in, a, in one given scenario when you go into a level do they change up the way the enemies are like randomly no they don't do that but like Al said yeah depending on the order that you do the stages in things will be different right okay. and since he did his he, he did that same stage like third I did
1: it fifth so for me it was harder than it was for him even though they okay. say in the stage the, the stage description it says it's pretty much the same difficulty day or night I don't believe that <laughs> <laughs> um, because it took me like 33 minutes to finish that stage but I don't want to do the next stage because I know it's going to just double. I'm mean, It's going to take me like an hour and ten minutes to do the next stage. And I don't have enough time during my break at work to do that. And I don't even know if I have enough time at home to do that, to be stuck on one stage for like an hour. So um, I, I put it on hold for a bit. Nut up or shut up. Nut up <laughs> or shut up. That's right. I'm be late. <laughs>
2: <coughs> uh,
0: excuse me. Uh, mm, eh, mm. I know you got a lot to talk about. Oh, no, I haven't so play, I been know. playing anything at all. Let's move on. Wait, no, ah, that's, that's wrong. For the first time in my life, I actually have shit to talk about. Um, so I picked up Scribba Um, after, after, after hearing what everyone has to say about it just so I could see for myself. And uh, I, I'm really sad to say that it, it's actually really disappointing. It's not only slightly disappointing, it's very disappointing. Um, I'm not going to call it a bad game. In fact, there's some moments where, it, where like it, like there, there's that little glimmer in the game where you're just like, holy shit, that worked. That's pretty awesome. But most of the time, it's like, and it does come down to what Pete said. It's the controls. They are horrible. Like, why in the right, why, who in their right mind would like completely take away D-pad control from a game in which you actually need to control your dude jumping and running over things. <laughs> I mean, um, and it's not like when, uh, no, when uh, Wicker, Phantom was last where. The controls are kind of intuitive. Right, or Animal Crossing, or, 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 or an adventure game, any, any point-and-click adventure game for that matter. This is like a side-scrolling thing where you need to avoid, like, killer whales and shit. Damn, um, with a stylus. It's, 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 not, it's, it's terrible. It's not good. It just is not good the way that they, that they figured out those controls. And, like, I mean, they're like, oh, you can pan across the screen with the D-pad. Well, you know what? Why don't you just let us hold down the R button and use the D-pad to pan across the screen? Exactly. Right, they do that in pretty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh, it's it's just like I don't know. It's like it, it's like they didn't think anything through, and it ruins the potential that this game had. The other problem with it is that sometimes, even though it feels like, oh, you know, you you create your own solution, we're just going to present you with this easy goal, and you have to, you know, you have to just imagine your way through it. Well, some of them feel like you can't use your imagination um, that much. I'm, I'm trying to think of one. Um, there's one... Okay, so there's one where it's like, you know, help the lumberjack do his job, and he's basically sitting there without a saw, and he and, and there's a tree sitting there, right? Mm-hmm. And it's obviously like, the answer is saw. Right, but like, I mean, you, sometimes you, you, you're like, all right, well, well I want to finish this level three times differently, so then you go, all right, well, I'll... This time, I'll spawn a termite, and the termite will eat through the wood, and the tree will fall. And I got a second completion of that, which made
2: me happy. And third, what I'm thinking just I'm... to Just to clarify, because I don't, think, I don't think I've touched on this, but what you're talking about, the three things, is that the advanced, if you want to go back in this, into a puzzle, you can do advanced mode, where you have to beat it with using three spef- specifically different solutions. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay. So,
0: yeah, so I'm like, alright, well, I gave him the saw, and he cut the tree down, and I used the termites, and I got the tree to, not- to get knocked down. So what else can I do? And, like, I spawn a titan, and the titan kills me. (laughs) I spawn an elephant, and the elephant just destroys the tree altogether. Um, I spawn another lumberjack, and he just kind of stands there. They just stand there. (laughs) And then I spawn an axe, because I'm like, okay, an axe is not a saw. But that didn't count. Right, I would have thought that an axe and a saw would count the same. I think
2: the problem is that, like, sometimes, like, with the... uh, See, I don't know, because there's no real descriptors, but I think if, like, an item is considered in the same group, it's not considered having solved it differently.
0: Right, right. So, I don't know, like, you start... In some levels, you start to get this uh, scenario where you are... And and other people have touched on this, but you start to spawn the same items by calling it something different, and then... um, Aside from that, you also get into scenarios where it's like, well, I can easily beat this by spawning a jetpack and then arming myself with a laser. And, <laughs> you that, oh, and it's Can like, you actually do that? Yeah, yeah. and it sounds ah, funny at first, but when you keep on doing that for different levels, it's just like, oh, well, what's the point of dude. having different levels when all I need to do is shoot this dude? Because <laughs> it's, not that, it's not that, oh, you're just not using your imagination. It's, no, I've tried everything under the sun, and it's not working. So, so the only thing that I know works is giving jet myself a jetpack and a laser <laughs> and shooting this thing. And it's like, it, it, gets, it gets really, you know, aggravating. It's like, why, why couldn't you make it more flexible, you know? There's this one stage, actually, where, where you're on one end, um, and there's a penguin on an iceberg floating across the, across the ocean on the other end of the screen. And the I know goal, exactly what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, and the goal is to get that one lone penguin back to his family, who, who's on the end that you're standing on. In the ocean is a killer whale just kind of, you know... Sidling back and forth and chilling, waiting for the to, the penguin to jump in so he can eat the shit out of him. And the first thing I'm like, all right, <clears throat> let me spawn a platform so that I can walk across and and, and tempt the penguin to come across the uh, uh, across the bridge. So a bridge is not long enough. So I'm like, all right, I will create an island which I will plop down into the water, and then I will create a bridge to link uh, or a drawbridge which is long enough to link the island to the piece of land where the other penguins are sitting. I'll walk across, I'll spawn a fish, hold the fish, and then, you know, kind of coax it back across to the other side. Seems simple enough. Well, the the, the killer whale also happens to like fish, and somehow, even though <laughs> I'm standing on top of the island, the killer whale nudges its nose just enough where, like, no, it's not. it's not, like, it's not clipping past the island. Like, the physics aren't that bad, but the physics are bad enough where it's like, oh, the killer whale just ate the fish that you're holding in your hand. Oh, great. <laughs> And I'm like, how is that possible? I'm standing on an island, the killer whale's under the island. How is that possible? (laughs) So I tried it again, thinking that maybe I should just need to run faster. What happened was, the penguin, this time, the penguin kind of jumped onto the island. But in jumping on the island, the weight of the penguin made the island, like, not not capsize, but tilt just enough so that the penguin fell into the water, and the killer whale ate the penguin. Ah, that sucks. And I'm like, how is that? That makes no sense. So the third thing, I was like, all right. Maybe I should spawn a cage, put the c- penguin in the cage, and then jetpack my way across the, across the water to get him back. Well, you know what? When I spawned the cage, and the cage landed on the
2: iceberg, the iceberg did capsize. And I'm like, a cage is not heavy <laughs> enough to do that to an iceberg. <laughs> also, just I don't know if you know, but you can't put items that you haven't created into cages. Ah, but you kind of can, because I the way that I solved the
0: level was that I spawned a bag, and then... Actually, see, the thing is, I didn't put it into the bag, but the penguin actually did walk into the bag. Okay. So I did that, and then I
2: jet-packed across with the bag, and then that's how I solved the level. But I solved it the easiest way. I think it was Anthony Gallegos who said – I think it was him who said that pretty much any level can be solved with jet-pack rope. Yeah, just uh, – because you, you can pretty much attach ropes to anything, even living things. Yeah. So just you know, jet-pack over, attach the rope to the penguin, and jet-pack back over. Yeah, I didn't I didn't I didn't do that cuz sometimes I don't think of the simplest things. <laughs> but um, I, 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 I mean, I didn't want to solve it the simplest way, but I was trying other solutions kind of like right. how you were and nothing was like really coming together properly, so I was like, fuck right. it, I'll just do the way exactly. I know it works. Yeah. Here's what I tried doing, and what frustrates me is
0: that it almost worked, okay? I got <clears throat> I spawned a tranquilizer, which is basically, you know, tranquilizer in a jar. Okay. Yeah. Then I spawned glue, then I spawned a trout. And then I attached the trout to the tranquilizer. I threw that into the water, and the killer whale ate it and fell asleep. And I'm like, sweet, I can get the penguin across now. So I spawned another fish. You know, instead of using trout, I said salmon, okay? Mm-hmm. And I, I swam across. The penguin jumped across to follow me, but it ate the fish so fast that I, could, that I had nothing to, to bring it across with. And so basically I had run out of things to do because the, the tranquilizer, the glue... And the trout were already were already three items that I spawned, and I could only spawn four, because the penguin ate that fish so fast. I couldn't, you know, if I spawned any more items, I wouldn't have been able to
2: finish the level because you know you have a, you have a you have a a limit. You can still finish the level. You can go over that limit. Oh, you it can. Just- it's just like a par, like a goal to try to reach. Oh, oh I, I gave up on trying to make those par numbers like way early in the game. See, I thought I thought that it makes you do try again, which is why I didn't even bother. But like, no, yeah, you so can. Okay. I, I mean, I've like, there's been things with pars three and four, and I've gone up to like ten, eleven items. All right. Okay, that's good to know. But in any event, so
0: it's like, I was like, oh, I got it. All I need to do is you know swim a little bit faster and like really perfect the whole coaxing the penguin across to swim across the river with my fish. I mean, to, to come after my fish, and so I tried it again. But every successive time that I tried the tranquilizer glue fish combo to get the killer whale to eat it <laughs> and fall asleep, it would ignore it. Mm. I'd hit try again. I'd throw the thing into the water. The killer whale will look at it and just kind of swim away. I'm like, you ate it last time. Why aren't you eating it this time?
1: You got smart.
0: But it's a retry. Yeah, it, I know. It's like so. So I yeah, I mean,
2: yeah. So things. You know like... what? Sadly, would make this game better. If there was just no graphics and it was all text and be it gave presented you a, this is the puzzle scenario. How do you want to solve it? You put in exactly what you just said and said, "Okay, you won <laughs> <laughs> yeah but it it it
0: defeats the purpose of being able to interact with no, this i know you i'm just I'm just being facetious. you are silly, you are, yeah. are Petoria and you are silly. Do you have something else that you've been playing that you forgot about that you want to mention now?
2: <laughs> uh, not something else that I'm playing, but I can say something else about Scribble knots
0: Yeah, what would it, I, I want to see what you have to say? Cause I,
2: I well, just that. I mean, I haven't really played any much more of the main game, but I did try the level creation part, and I'm extremely disappointed in that too because you can't <clears throat> make puzzle style levels. You can only you can make only action make, ones. Yeah, like oh. I even tried to forcibly like, like using the mechanics the game presented for like, using the editors for the level editor. I tried to make it a puzzle level anyway. But, like, it was just so shoddy and didn't work right, and that really upset me because I enjoy the puzzle levels and I don't like the action levels. Right. Yeah, agreed. I I feel the same way. I don't Uh, understand why it would have been so hard for him to be like, okay, just set like, in the editing options, you know, this is your criteria. You know, get this object to this area and star appears, you know? Yeah. But you have to put the star right in the level from the beginning, so you can't have the star right appear when certain conditions are met. So whatever. Yeah. Uh... That game is just, like you said, it's, it's just very disappointing. And, like, I'm trying to get rid of it while the getting is good. <laughs> <laughs> but
0: there's, so, there's still, like, every, every so often there's still some inventive things where it's just kind of like, wow, like, I'm actually glad that I stuck through it. Like, the, well, not, not super inventive, but I remember this one where, like, it, it's Santa Claus that's just sitting there in his workshop, all right? And Rudolph, well, not Rudolph, but another deer, like, one of his reindeer is sitting there, and he's got a couple of gifts in his room. Make Santa happy by giving him something that he does not already have in this room. And so the first thing I was like, all right, um, I'll give him, like, um, food. And he was happy. And then the second time I was like, all right, I'll give him, like, um, a, 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 an elf to help him out. And yeah, then I was like, what, what else used. would make him happy? And I, I started thinking, like, a little uh, perversely. And I'm like, let me spawn Mrs. Claus. And so <laughs> Mrs. Claus made him happy. And so I'm like, all right, there, I got the star. I was uh, so cracking up th-
1: when he told me that.
0: Yeah, so I think I, I think that was pretty funny. And then there was one where it was like, you're you're on the street, and there are cars around you, and this guy is trying to get to his house, and the houses are all in the way on the right side of the screen, but there is a cow in the way, and you're not allowed to harm the cow, but at the same time, there's a butcher standing in between two of the houses, and so if you kind of le- like the first thing I did was I was like, okay, let me spawn a patch of grass so the cow can go and eat the grass. And so I did that, and the cow was like all happy. It was going to eat the grass, and the butcher comes in and goes, "Kak kak kak kak," and kills the <laughs> cow. So I'm like, "Shit, that doesn't work." And so then, how I finally solved it was, I uh, I spawned a pig, and did the whole coaxing thing because, like, if you put the if you put something that something's attracted to too far away, they're not going to notice it. So I had to put it in front of the butcher, and then pick it up and put it like a little bit further farther away, so the butcher had to follow it, you know, so, and that gets tedious. Mm-hmm. But I finally got the swine, like, all the way to the other side of the screen, and the butcher ran after it, and he went, kah, 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 and killed the swine. And then I put a wall in front of the butcher so he couldn't get back to the other side, and then put the patch of grass on the other side of the wall. So then the cow went to the patch of grass, and then all the cars uh, started driving down the street and going to, its, going to, the, to the house. And that was kind of cool. I thought that was, like, inventive. But that, like you said, Pete, half the time it boils down to either jetpack rope or jetpack laser.
2: Yeah, well, there I used helicopter rope. <laughs> helicopter rope. Did you rope the car? Yeah. See, the the problem with... I think a major thing about the game and, like, why every all the uh, pre-release stuff was so, like, positive was because I think everyone managed to stumble across the one thing, like, that yeah. they managed to come up and it worked and it was cool. Like, my whole thing with the uh, Shrink Ray and the Evil Genius and stuff, like, when I first... Brought this, brought up the game on you know the podcast here, whatever, how many episodes ago? That was my first like real story about it, and that made the game sound so cool and exciting. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the problem: is everybody has one story like that, and then that's it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I find myself a lot of the a lot of the solutions involve, like you said, either the jetpack or
2: because it does run out of of jetpack fuel, right? I don't know if it runs out of fuel. I've had the jetpack like it can get damaged, like if you go in water or something right, like right. that. So it's either that
0: or it's like all right well what can i spawn that will let me jump on top of this like okay i got to spawn a ladder then i got to spawn a table and then i got to spawn a chair so that i can stack these things up and climb up to this level up to this height to do it because that's that that's all i can think of right now you know it's like it gets yeah. it gets and and one of the most disappointing ones that ended up that i ended up using jetpack laser was there were two dinosaurs all right and there's a caveman and it is like caveman is hungry for dino omelet and he also needs to be warm. So I'm like, alright, well I'll give him a campfire and then I'll go get this egg up on top. And so it was like, alright, there's a pterodactyl and there's a T-Rex. And so I'm like, what if I can make the pterodactyl come down, follow me, and then get into a fight with a T-Rex? So I use the jetpack to go up there. Because I'm trying to avoid using jetpack laser because it's, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, it's the default. And so, so I, I jetpack up there and the t- uh, and or pterodactyl, whatever the fuck sees me. is like, Arr! and it comes after me. And I run after the T-Rex, and T-Rex is like, Arr! and it comes after me. And instead of fighting each other, they both eat me. <laughs> and I'm just like, all right, well, why don't I spawn a dinosaur hunter and go after this T-Rex? And so I type in hunter, and the hunter actually manages to kill the T-Rex. But in doing so, the T-Rex's egg hatches. And, uh-huh. instead, of, and, and, and instead of what I expected, like, you know, just kind of, uh, it, was, it was another T-Rex, like a, a baby T-Rex, and he kills the other T-Rex. I'm like, great. How am I supposed to feed this egg to the caveman if that if that thing dies? So I did it again with the um.
2: Well, there's another egg up top. Yeah,
0: I did it again with the pterodactyl, and the hunter killed the pterodactyl, and then cracked open the egg, and then I think it like destroyed, it. and then that egg opened, and I realized that's the egg that I needed to bring back to the guy because what what came out when I opened the egg? An omelet. So I'm like, oh, okay, I should just use that. But then the hunter did something to the omelet. I don't know if it ate it or killed it or what. <laughs> it probably it probably ate it. But then a, yeah, it's something. So I was just like, God. Damn it! What do I do? So
2: then well, I he's was, hungry after hunting pterodactyls. I know. I, mean... I know.
0: So then I was finally like, just fuck it. I give up. Jetpack laser, shoot the pterodactyl, bring the egg. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like that's that's all I could really do. It's it was like it was frustrating because it's like there's so many other things I could do. I, and it, it is funny when you think about like, the, like Al's laughing because it is funny. Like when you when you're down to to no other options, what do you do? You shoot <laughs> the thing in the head. <laughs> And that's funny, but it's also just unimaginative. It's like, that's not why I bought the game, you know? Exactly. I mean, if, I, you,
1: if you wanted to jetpack a laser thing, you should just, like, play Quake or something.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I will say this one thing. I did have fun on the title screen. I uh, I spawned a leprechaun. Then I spawned, uh, well, I, I tried to spawn a pot of gold, but it only ended up being a gold bar. Because as you, as, as some people may not know or may know, if you try to put multiple words together, like pot of gold, and it's not in the game, it will just use the last word. Yep. So a gold bar came out. I took the bar of gold, and the leprechaun see, got the the leprechaun thing is, got mad that I took it and went after me.
2: There could be a pot of gold in there. You might just have to put it in in a specific way, which is yeah. the annoying thing.
0: Gold pot or something, yeah.
2: Right, but when, uh,
0: but when I took go the ahead. gold bar, like the leprechaun started coming after me and beating the shit out of me, <laughs> and so I spawned a titan to beat the shit out of it, but the titan just beat the shit out of me, and what then
1: the I spawned another no- titan and hating the main character. <laughs> I don't know.
2: There are oh. just certain things that are like. Set to attack you as opposed to other things. Oh, one I th- thing I tried to do was I, I I knew this wouldn't work, but I tried it anyway. Like one
0: of the things involved me getting. Oh, this is what happened. It involved me getting a a a lamp, um, to for like the the genie type of lamp, not like I turn on the light because it's dark type of lamp. Mhm. And it's across um, it's across a pit that has a bridge over it, and then like it has those um. What what other game has this? But like it has basically air vents that you know, there the there's a set of air vents over the pit that push that, that, that blow air down. Oh, I know it. what you're talking about. Yeah. And so you you go across the bridge and then there's another air vent on the floor that pushes air upwards. So it kind of it makes you float. Right? Once you if you manage to get past that because like if you float too high there are these barriers that keep you from, from going forward and you're sitting there like stuck. Um so what I did was I spawned like a I spawned a table, and the the air vent pushed the table up to the ceiling, but it pushed it up so that I I wouldn't be trapped in the in the two barriers. It's hard to explain, but basically it, it it lowered the ceiling basically. Yeah, basically lowered the ceiling so that I wouldn't be trapped under the barriers. And so I got the lamp, and when you get the lamp, the bridge across the lava disappears, so that if you try to jump across the lava, the air vent that's pushing down pushes you into the lava and you die. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right. Let me uh, – I literally typed in the word clog, you know, as like a drainage clog. So I'm like, if I clog up the air vent, it's not going to be able to push me up. And so, like, it was like, do you want clog the shoe or clog the material? I'm like, uh, uh, the material? And whatever – I can't remember exactly what, what it was, but it looked like just a whole bunch of yellow pixels. Okay. And I'm like, all right, so maybe this is what their idea of a drainage clog is. And so I put it over the vent, and the vent sucks it in. And for a split second, I, I could have sworn that I saw like, the wisps of-, of air decrease, and I'm like, yes, yes, I did it, but then it kept going. And I'm like, so, does- can anything clog this thing up? Like, I, I don't get it. it. It basically consumed the clog.
2: <laughs>
0: so I'm like, alright, well, I don't want to cross this pit. Let me spawn a minion to get it for me. And so I spawn Minion, and it stands there for a second, and then it attacks me. And I'm like, what good is a minion that attacks you? That's not a minion. Because a minion is supposed to obey your orders. Mm-hmm. So then, finally, I was like, "All right, um, uh, I'll spawn the table, and then I'll do, do jetpack." And I jetpacked across the lava. I got the lamp, and I jetpacked back. It always comes back to the jetpack. <laughs> always comes back to the jetpack.
1: Uh, this one thing I tried uh, on Mitchell that Horses dinosaur Game rocketeer.
0: A- yeah, actually, this one time, uh, this one time on the dinosaur level with the egg, I tried, um, I tried to kill the T Rex with the meteor. But the meteor killed everything else.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah, I did that too.
0: And I'm just like, this is a
2: small meteor, and it landed on the T-Rex. Why did everything else disappear? Because meteor just wipes out the – there's a few things that just wipe out all living things. Um, Yeah, there's one more puzzle that I want to talk about. It's like 30 seconds.
0: The goal was to stop a motorboat from hitting a glacier, uh, an iceberg, and sinking. So I spawned a beach – I spawned an island – in between the boat and the glacier and so instead of crashing into the iceberg it crashed into the island but I won yep so <laughs> yep the glacier is happy i should have i should have just destroyed the boat but i don't think that would have worked anyway, laser <laughs> laser or meteor meteor um,
2: <laughs> actually i did try that and it destroyed the iceberg but it destroyed yeah, everything that's, else
0: that's and funny. everything died mm.
2: um so I wanted to mention about how I saw you on Steam playing a game, which is, like, the rarest thing in the world. Yeah, I got Plants vs. Zombies. Well, I bought, it, I
0: bought Plants vs. Zombies on the podcast, like, a few weeks ago. And then I finally decided to play it. Um, and I am... I think I've put... Well, okay, so first off, Pete, I don't know if you notice how, what, what my playing time in that game is, but it's, like, 11 hours.
2: No, and, I didn't actually – because I think the only way to see playing time is to actually go to, go like, to the that person's, like, profile page. Okay, yeah. And do I don't really, like, check people's Steam profiles. Right. The only
0: reason why it's 11 hours is because I was playing it during the day, and I, and I left the window open because I was going to come back to it later. I forgot about oh, it. Oh. I went out. 16.4 I, hours. Yeah. I went out, and I got back at, like, uh, 12.30, like, past midnight, and I opened the window up, and I'm like, holy shit, this has been up the entire time. And my Steam rating had gone from like a 0.2 to a 5.9 in that one night. And I'm like, oh. I should, <laughs> I should probably close my window so as not to mislead people. But um, if people haven't heard enough about this already, Plants vs. Zombies is a tower defense style game. It's not exactly a tower defense game, but it, it, it takes the core of, well, there are waves of enemies coming after you or after a certain goal. And your job is to just build up a whole bunch of shit
2: to prevent it from coming in. So, um, Pete, have you played it? No, I've uh, seen Charlie play it, uh, and, like, I've seen plenty of videos and stuff of it. I-, I would like to play it, but it's just one of those games, like, I'll get around to getting it eventually. Yeah. Well, it- it's, ex- it's exactly one of those, like, I'll get around to it. And you're like, I've had this game for, like, about a year and
0: a half. Why don't I try it? Holy shit, it's midnight. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> it- it- it's so... It, it's so easy to just get into, but it's not like, you know... It's not like a super casual game where, like, you can just go... I'm playing Plants with the Zombies. Like, you obviously have to think about things a little bit because there's a build order. I mean, it's, it's a tower defense game. And so while it's, it's very accessible, you still have to strategize a bit. But um, I think what it does really well is goad you into continue playing with new toys because after almost every level... There's a new type of plant that you have access to, and if there's not a new plant, it leads into a, a mini game. Where well, let me let me talk about the um the general game flow first. So, in order to build plant, in order to plant plants, you have to have sunlight. Sunlight is basically like your gold or your well, is your resource in this game, and sunlight drops down from the top of the screen each time. Each sun icon is worth about 25 sun. Uh, uh, Mm. Suns? Sun? I don't know. Anyway, each sun icon is worth 25 sun. And so you have to click on it to collect it, and then, you know, obviously it's not enough to wait for sun to fall from the sky because it happens very, very sporadically, and so you have to plant sunflowers that also emit sun that you can collect. Um, And so, like any strategy game, there's a build order. You start off by building sunflowers, and then after you have enough sunflowers that you think you can sustain yourself with, you start building uh, pea shooters that literally shoot peas at the zombies coming your direction. And it's a, it becomes a question of, do I spawn my first pea shooter now after I've only uh, planted one sunflower, or should I wait to get more sun? Because like pea shooters cost 100 sun, sunflowers cost 50. So y- you start to think, do I want to spawn more sunflowers first, or do I want to just get into the action now? And the shitty part about it is and I, I don't say it's shitty because it makes, it for, makes a bad game, but it just makes it harder to deal with, is that for the most part, everything happens in lanes. It's at the at the height of it. It's a five by uh, five by eight or five by nine grid, and so there are five rows, and then nine nine columns where you can like plant your plants. But for the most part, once a zombie is in one lane, it doesn't move, and once a plant is in one lane, it can only affect things on that lane. So if you've planted the pea shooter in the wrong like if you're just starting out and you've planted the pea shooter in the wrong lane. Then, like the zombie basically has a free pass, and you have to wait until you collect enough sun to be able to plant another pea shooter in that lane and by the time it 's pretty close and so if it 's close enough while your pea shooter is shooting the zombie, the zombie starts eating the pea shooter, and then it consumes the pea shooter, and you have no more pea shooter, and then the zombie gets to the other side of the screen and you lose so um, but there are some things later in the game where you were where pea shooters or, or other things shoot across lanes and zombie and you can force zombies to switch lanes, but that comes way later, so you have to set that up and then you start getting more things like um what's a good one like potato plants which act as barriers so if you want to protect your pea shooter you'll put a potato in front of it and the zombie will basically sidle up to it and start eating the potato but meanwhile the pea shooter is shooting it from behind so you set up a barrier and then you start getting like a thorny bush which acts kind of like um like a cons- not like a landmine you actually have those two. but um just a spiky floor that it, it acts like um, you know, in Final Fantasy when you have like poison floors or something. Mm-hmm. It basically acts like that. So if you set it up, you can get these wild configurations where you have a bunch of pea shooters, then you have a a, a tall potato plant, and then in front of that you have the spiky bush. So that when the zombie walks across and tries to eat the po- eat the potato plant, it's standing there on that bush trying to eat the plant. Meanwhile, the bush is like really heavily damaging the thing, and you can get into scenarios where. You can basically protect your entire row that way. So it, it gets pretty. Um, I, I don't want to say intricate because it's not complicated, but it, it gets you know it, it's it's it, it gets a little bit you know intriguing in that sense. Because I remember when you when I first said, "Oh, Plants vs Zombies is awesome," and you're like, "With a name like that, I'm just skeptical." Yeah, that's what I said. But like, which which is understandable because it's just like okay, they obviously didn't put any thought into it. But like, it, it gets. <clears throat> it, get, it gets interesting that way, and then you get levels during the nighttime where sun doesn't fall, and you have to use mushrooms that, you know, don't require sun, uh, to, to shoot down zombies, and then, and then you get into a, a level where it's in your backyard, and you have to deal with a swimming pool, and zombies that swim in your pool, and in order to plant plants in the pool, you have to put lily pads there so you can put the plants on top of it, and then it just becomes this whole thing of understanding what build order you need to, what what build order you need to, to st- set up with, and then just acting on your feet. Um, and then there are mini-games, if that weren't enough. There are mini-games where, like, the one that I was describing to you, Al, over Gchat was the slot machine one where your goal is not to defend... Well, it, it's always to defend your house, but the goal here is to defend it long enough such that you earn 2,000 sun. Um, and there's a slot machine at the top where you pull the lever, and each pull of the lever costs 25 sun. And so when you match up two or more um, icons in the slot machine, it'll give you that item. Um so, if you match up two suns it'll give you an extra it'll give you an extra bit of sun if you match up two pea shooters it'll give you a pea shooter and so you, you you're you're frantically trying to like pull the lever and get matches and plant the plants while the zombies are coming so you could fend them off to so you can collect more sun so you have more sun to pull the lever to collect more items meanwhile you're trying not to pull the lever too many times because you need the whole goal is to build up levels of sun <laughs> um and so that that's an interesting variation on it there's another one where um there are a whole bunch of um of vases on one side of the screen and you can crack open the vases and either an item will come out or a zombie will come out and so you're sitting there hoping that you'll like when you crack open the thing that it's not a zombie that comes out so you can plant your plant um and then like finally you have to strategize because sometimes a whole row of vases won't have a single zombie in it but you'll make the mistake of planting the plants to defend that row so you have basically messed up because the plants are sitting there defending a row that doesn't need defending. Meanwhile, you, you don't have enough plants to defend the other parts of the screen. So, mm. and, 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 and that's all well and good, but I think what really does it for me is the type of zombies that come out. There's a Michael Jackson zombie that, that <laughs> comes... Yeah, and he's wearing that red, tight, uh, patent leather suit. Uh, too soon, suit too soon. That he wears... Yeah, but the game came out before he died. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but, like, he comes out in that red suit that you find in Thriller... And four zombies come out like in in the four cardinal directions, like above him, below him, to his left and to his right. And and dance with him. They, they they do the thriller dance where um and I'm doing this as if you can actually see me doing it. Um but they're doing the thriller dance and um there's a sound alike of the thriller beat that plays whenever the zombie comes up. And so it it it's not only funny, but it's also completely disorienting because you're like, Shit, what do I do now? There's zombie's here, this is a zombie there, they're dancing the thriller. I just kinda watch and watch I just kinda wanna watch <laughs> <the dance. laughs> <laughs> and like it, the beat sounds like it's not exactly that, but it sounds very much like it. Mm-hmm. And then there's um, there's a zombie that's there's a zombie that's right that's driving a zamboni, you know the thing at the ice skating rink that smooths out the ice. Mm-hmm. It was zamboni. I I, for- I forgot. I how you zamboni. pronounce it. But zamboni. And um, like that thing just comes. It's like why is it riding a Zamboni? A, a zamboni? Zamboni. Um. <laughs> um and then there are, there's a zombie with a bucket on its head, which which gives it extra armor. And then there's another zombie um, that that, uh, that has like a javelin that jumps over your potato walls. Um, there's a zombie that is on a pogo stick. Um, it it just it, it just it's got a lot of charm. Basically, it's a PopCap game, right? So it's right. like you figure that that's what they put all their effort into making making it cutesy, make it fun. Um, and the plants are pretty funny too. I mean, you've got the um, everything is named after a plant, like that tries tries to be named after a plant. So there's, you know, the pea shooter is literally a pea shooter. And um, I'm trying to think. I can't think right now because my brain is, is frying because I've got two more games to talk about. Um, oh jeez. Yeah. <laughs> um, go play Plants vs. Zombie. That's all I'm gonna say. Um, the other thing I was, I've been playing a lot of. I've been trying to catch up with God of War on PSP. Um, and there's not much to say about it except that it's God of War on PSP, which pretty is both much. a good, it, which is both a good and a bad thing. The bad thing is is like, why am I playing this again? But then you realize it's because it's God of War on PSP. PSP. And if you liked them on the consoles, which Pete, I remember you weren't too fond of it, but if you liked it on the consoles, this is pretty much like, this is pretty much an ideal game for the PSP because uh, it shows off its its hardware prou- It shows off what people thought they wanted out of a PSP right They're like, oh graphics, oh, I could play my hardcore games with me on the go, and while it, it it kind of smacks of well, why do I want to play a console game on my portable aren't they two different things don't I have to, uh, you know I'm in the mood for something different when I play a portable in my mind, there's kind of almost always room for God of War like there's always room for jello there's always room for God of war <laughs> it's 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 it's, it's button mashy which is probably why you didn't like it that much Pete but I say button mashy because I don't think it's a button masher because, like, I actually try to use, like, all the different techniques to get more red orbs. But, like, it's simple enough that you can just pick it up and just wail on shit. But it's, you know, it's not necessarily a casual game, so if you wanted, like, a, 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 hard- a hardcore experience on the go, you've got it, and it's, like, the perfect game to do it. Um, I think that Ready at Dawn did a really good job with the engine. Like, it feels, like, almost perfect. I think the only, um the only issue that i think i have with it is that and it's because of the psp screen it kind of blurs a little bit when it, when you're moving and so i believe the ps2 versions ran at well i think it ran at 60 frames per second i could be wrong like my eyes could be deceiving me this clearly doesn't yeah, it's kind of like 60
1: yeah
0: um and this and on the psp it doesn't really right like like it, it's a little it's a tiny bit choppy just a tiny bit and the, and, and the blurriness of the PSP screen makes it seem a little bit, you know, a little bit muddy. But other than that, like, I don't think it's the fault of the developers. I think it's the fault of the screen. Like, it, it, it does that for a lot of games. Yeah. Um. Except for 2D games. So, I don't know. Maybe it's better on your PSP 2000. Uh, I don't... Maybe, but...
1: It, it got a little choppy, but that, you know, just like any 3D game, yeah. once all yeah. the shit starts happening, it gets a little tiny bit choppy, but it... I've never seen uh, like it become compromising. Right. I never said, oh man, this fucking game. I died because of the fucking game.
0: Yeah. Oh, I, there's one other little nitpick I have the, the analog stick rotating QuickTime event thing. Like it rotate, the, the, the icon is rotating at a certain speed, so you try to match it, but that's too slow. Oh, so, yeah. then you try to, so then you try to speed up, and then that's too fast. And so I find, like, finally after failing it, like, three times in a row, then I'm like, all right, let me try it in the middle, and then, like, I got it. But the other thing that I ended up doing is whenever I try to unleash magic, my palm hits the power switch and puts it into sleep mode.
2: Hmm.
0: Because I'm, frantic- I'm frantically fighting. It's, not, it's no one's fault but my own. But I'm frantically sitting there and fighting and fighting and fighting, and my palms inevitably will hit that switch. And I'm like, did my battery run out? Did my battery run out? Oh, wait, it's just in sleep. Um hmm. I was wondering if the Switch
1: is in the same place on the 2000 as it is on the... Uh... It's
0: on the lower right-hand corner right next to the AC adapter yellow port. Yeah, the same place. Yeah. Um, the last thing I was playing, and this was a little bit yesterday for like about half an hour before I left to go to something, um, was Metroid Prime Trilogy. And I got to say that while I, you know, I finished Metroid Prime a long time ago, and, you know, it's one of my favorite games ever, uh, and I've been meaning to finish Metroid Prime 2 because that's the one that I haven't finished yet. Like, I haven't finished Prime 3 either, but like, where I am in the series is Prime 2, and I just couldn't get up the motivation to play it because I watched you play that last hour of it, and I'm just like, I don't want to go through that. <laughs> but like, I'm sitting there trying to... you know, going like, all right, I'm going to start Metroid Prime 2, but let me see what Prime 1 feels like with these controls because Prime 1... Is my favorite game of all time, and then I got sucked into playing that for like half an hour. Um, and I didn't even get to the last, to, to, to the first Parasite boss. I was just fucking around and scanning everything. Like, I was mm. scanning a door on the way in, and then I'd turn around and scan the door from the other side. <laughs> just because. Just because. Um, just because. I will say that um, I don't think that the, uh, that the Wiimote pointer control is quite as good as what I found on the conduit. Okay. Or, e- or even Metal of Honor Heroes 2, but it's definitely sufficient, and it's not bad. It's just not as good, you know, and it's like after filling the Conduit, you kind of wish that they'd given you that level of control, but it's, it's, it's pretty good as it is. It's pretty much Metroid Prime 3. That's, I mean, they, they basically just transplanted it there, and it just... Being able to straight, circle strafe, like normally, is such a relief, because you know you can do that in the GameCube version, because the analog stick left and right turned you left and Right, right. And you have to strafe with the with the L button. So, but yeah, it, I'm sitting there going, I need to stop, and I need to play Metro Prime 2. I need to play Metro Prime 2, because that's the one I haven't finished, but I still want to go with 1, because 1 is arguably the best one in the series, according to a lot of people, who have played the entire series. And, like, for me, I'm just like, I don't, I just want to play this all over again. Fuck 2 and 3. Like, I actually, I bought the game to play Prime 1 with Remote controls. Like, I didn't care about 2. So, but it's funny how, uh, how well some parts of one hold up visually and how terrible some other parts hold up like if you remember the scene of Samus jumping out of her ship like the door the hatch that opens for her to jump out is such a low resolution blurry texture that you're like am I looking at a Dreamcast like Playstation era game like it looks really bad mm-hmm. but then when you see like all the environments you're kind of like this looks really good and so you kind of don't know what to think like it still looks great overall but just to excuse me just burp there, but to, um, to just to make sure that I wasn't seeing things, I, I opened up, uh, I didn't open up, but I started Prime 3 just for, like, five minutes to see the visuals there, and I'm like, yeah, there's a huge difference, like, there's a a really, really big difference between the level of detail that goes into the textures in Prime 3 and what they had in Prime 1, and it's just kind of jarring because Prime 1, I remember, as the best-looking game that I had ever played for the next couple of years until Resident Evil 4 came out, so, I don't know, but yeah, it's, it's, um... I think it's worth it to 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 revisit those games with those controls, and I you know I actually found that it made Prime I feel that it made Prime One and Prime Two obsolete in terms of controls, and I didn't feel I didn't know that going in, so I actually traded in Prime One and Prime Two for this, which some people are like oh my god, but I was just like you know what I'm going to make a bet, and like I'll bet that they are completely worthless once I trade this in. I was pretty much right because the same thing happened with Resident Evil Four. Um, Al, I don't know if you even played it yet. Nope. I played it. I think it's still okay. in the Shrek map. Oh. I was going to say, if you don't have it yet, just skip to the Wii version, because it completely, like, that's another one that makes it makes the Q version completely obsolete. Yeah, right? I bought
1: the, the Wii version. Was really oh, you weird. did?
0: Okay. Yeah, good, good, good. Then you didn't, yeah. Like, I'm actually upset that I played, a little bit upset that I played Prime and Resident Evil 4 before, like, the Wii versions came out, because it's just, like, what I would give to be able to experience the the content as new uh, with that control. Yeah. And actually, I'm in a position with with Pikmin to be able to do that because I only played through six days, mm-hmm. so I'm I'm tempted to go get the new Pikmin with those controls. Anyway, uh, we're an hour and ten minutes in, and let's get to some topics. It's segue, so segue.
2: Well, you were just talking about Metroid Prime, and according to ABC News, um, they are, uh, there's a report comparing Metroid Prime to the, uh, I'll quote here, seminal film Citizen Kane, considered by some to be the finest movie ever, ever created, which they put every in the ABC, or in the uh, one-up news story. Good job, Cat Bailey. Oh, Cat um, Bailey. I usually <laughs>
0: trust her, but come on. you got to get that <laughs> one right. Now, let me ask you this, Pete. There, there are two things I want to ask you. One... Um, because Al and I have never seen this movie. Uh, in uh, co- as completely objectively as possible, what is the movie? What is it about? And why do you think that it's considered such a such a seminal film? And I know that this is going to be difficult because my second question to you is: You've told us that you think it's terrible. Why is it terrible? But f- okay, first cover first cover as objectively as you can why people might think that it's. Right. Whatever. The
2: objective part is a little bit difficult, just in terms of being able to recall the movie. Uh-huh. I do know that it was a, like the the story in the movie or whatever is about this guy who died. As you can see in the picture, there is this guy Kane. I don't remember what he what his particular role was in the society of like that's you know in the film or whatever. He's but uh, he dies, a... and when he died, he was what? What's that? He's supposed to be a journalist or something. No, no, he's not a journalist. He was a very important or influential man of some sort. And when oh. he died, he uttered the word rosebud. Mm-hmm. And so all the the film is about these journalists. And I'm pretty sure it's about one in particular who is trying to figure out uh, what rosebud is. Like, it must have been something so important and so, like, you know, like monumental to him for him that to be his dying word. Mm-hmm. Um,. So, like, the whole film was about them trying to figure out what this is. And I don't even remember... I don't think they ever actually do. But at the end of the film, you find out that Rose... I, I think it shows, like, maybe a storage area or something. And you find out that Rosebud is actually his childhood sled. Um, it was, like, a, one of those old, old-timey sleds that had the word Rosebud written on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, it was just basically as he's dying, you know, he, like, is yearning for, like, his youth or, like, you know, a happy memory or something like that. Um, now... The reason it's probably considered one of the greatest films of all time, as far as I know, uh, I mean, I had to watch this for a film study course in college, and um, what I can vaguely remember is that it's considered an influential film because of the techniques used in making it, like okay. the cinematography, the, uh, like, camera angles and things like that, which were actually considered, as far as I'm like, novel and unique and, like, um, a very exploratory way of doing Uh, like, camera and direction and stuff like that. Um, And uh, I think maybe even lighting had to play play a part and stuff like that. And uh, so I think it was a lot of, like, the actual techniques and technical aspects of the film that made it considered to be one of the greatest films of all time. I personally don't like it because I'm a person who believes in story taking precedence. And I don't care how good the techniques are to make something, if the thing that you if the thing you made using those t- techniques is not engaging then it's not good like the greatest like just to compare it back to games the greatest game of all time whatever it may be if like if it's considered the greatest game of all time just because of its gameplay mechanics but the story or whatever around it isn't good i'm going to think it's the worst game of all time now that is just personal opinion that's why it's completely subjective but that's how i felt about citizen kane is that like The pacing to me was horrible. Like, it was so slow and fucking boring. I'm pretty sure I passed out for a portion of it during the class. Um, Well, then you missed the greatest part of the movie, then. Oh, yeah. Because it's clearly Um, the greatest of all time. But, yeah, like, I mean, I can understand (coughs) why the tech... Excuse me. Why the technical aspects were considered, uh, like, influential and everything. Um, And I'm glad that, you know, a movie was made that, like, introduced these techniques so that they can be used in future movies. But... Um, like, again, any other medium, if a technique is introduced somewhere, but then used to a better extent somewhere else, then, then the, obviously that's
0: something else is, you know.
2: Yeah, it should be considered a better piece of work. Um, I don't know, like, maybe I'm older now, maybe if I watch Citizen Kane again, I would feel different, but from what I remember of the story, it was not engaging, interesting, or any, like, it didn't move me in any way. Is it? Um, now, uh, uh... Keep, fin- keep finishing, I, I, I just
0: saw, I'm reading about it on Wikipedia, so...
2: Okay, I was just gonna, like, go into why people are comparing it to uh, Metroid Prime, okay. but what, were you, what are you reading on Wikipedia? I was just saying, it,
0: like, I'm looking at the story, like, the plot at least, and it's, like, to me it seems like something I'd be interested in. So, are you talking about from the perspective of how they execute the plot, because there have been several like movies or books or whatever where the, the where the concept is great the 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 general underlying story of it is great, but the way that they execute it is absolutely horrible like like you were saying, the pacing, maybe the acting is bad, maybe the dialogue reads terribly because they don't know how to write good dialogue, et cetera et cetera, et cetera
2: yeah, I mean it definitely feels like an uh, i don't want to stereotype older movies which you know quote unquote classics, but like as far as I know classics don't like, don't have the best, in my opinion, don't have the best pacing or dialogue or writing. Like, you, there's definitely a feel to classic movies that, like, it's like, you know, it was a young medium then, so yeah. they weren't, yeah. like, really sure how to present their stories. Um, So, I mean, the story itself may have worked better, like, it may have been more, like, I mean, I don't know, it sounds like a good story in, in my mind, you know, an elderly man dying and like, you know, l- thinking back or having a flash of something from his youth and then nobody else understanding why like what this thing is and trying to seek out what it is and not realizing that it's something so simple. Yeah. That does sound good in theory and it probably would be good if in the execution if they had executed it better in my opinion. I think I think what
0: intrigues me more about and I kind of want to see this. Now what intrigues me more about the movie is uh, from the from the plot description I'm reading is the like the kind of social message that it's trying to put out in terms of like you know, a life starting so innocently You know, you, you start with an ideal But then, you know, you get Corrupted by, you know, the thirst for power And the pursuit of, you know, financial Gain or whatever, that's what it looks like It's here Anyway, this is not movie review, so I'm sorry about that I just thought it was <laughs> interesting Why, and so why are they saying that That it's it's comparable to Metroid Prime Or vice versa?
2: I mean, they're saying in here, like, they, they really don't go Into too much detail, I mean, I'm not sure if this is just Cat Bailey's uh, point of view On it, but mm-hmm. uh it's compared to Metroid Prime because of its dark and lonely atmosphere. And it, uh, Metroid Prime puts combat second to exploration. Um, oh, uh, actually, the, it's Bailey kind of quoting the report. And the report is by, I'm sorry, someone named Thompson. I'm trying to find the name here. Tom uh, Thompson. What
0: is it? Tom Thompson. Pete Peterson. No. Michael Thompson. Okay, An anyway,
2: uh, it says – so in the story here, in the one-up story, it says Thompson also pointed the post-mortem discovery of alien civilizations. That's a characteristic of the Metroid series. Comparing it to the journalists of Citizen Kane were trying to figure out what happened to the tit- titular character. <laughs> um, but personally, I didn't get enough through Metroid Prime to really uh, understand this comparison. um uh, like in just in terms of the gameplay, like is the gameplay in and and the game is that influential for Metro Prime? Because I played Metro Prime for the first five minutes, hated it, and never played it again. Uh, you two have clearly played through it, so I mean, do you guys like? Basically, they're trying the the report is almost saying that Metro Prime could be considered one of the greatest games of all time. Would you no, no, guys agree with that? The greatest game
1: of all time.
0: I'm still struggling with how they're comparing it. Um, Al, give your thoughts, because I'm trying to read this paragraph over. I don't over have it. any because
1: I haven't seen this damn movie. I put it on my next Netflix queue. And it's probably gonna, <laughs> I'm probably going to see it this week. Well, so I'd be do more you feel that the game more, uh,
2: next episode? Do you feel that the game has done anything that innovative? Introduced new techniques, or just like I mean, that's the only way I could see the comparison working is that based on the techniques and innovation that the game may be, have brought to you know the medium if it did bring anything i mean i don't know if they're really trying to they obviously can't really be comparing stories too much uh they might be comparing moods and stuff of the game and the movie but like i guess in a way it's like the only really story or plot comparison is like it says here about the the discovery of alien civilizations like you know samus is out there like yeah i'm starting to see i'm starting to see
0: why he's drawing that comparison and i guess i could like Okay, so maybe the big deal about Citizen Kane was how, like, the the method of uncovering a mystery about something that's already happened, instead of doing it as it's progressing. So in Metroid Prime, um, well, let's put it this way: the original Metroid or, or even Super Metroid, the what those games pioneered, are present in Metroid Prime. So it's not as if it invented the whole. Oh, I'm gonna use this item to go over there and then open up more of the world. That was already there. Like Metroid I mean, it's four bears already invented that, the original Metroid. Mm. What what they didn't necessarily have was a sense of explanation about everything that happened. They they, they actually conveyed, I believe, in Super Metroid, they conveyed a lot of the quote unquote story, which is almost non existent through actions and through visual cues, like I mean, the different areas that you visit or, like, the, the, the creatures that you encounter um, or, or, and what they do. Like, there's never, almost never any dialogue in the game except for the opening cinematic. Um, and what Prime does is it kind of offers, I don't know how to say it, it kind of offers you some more concrete um, um, content. Okay, so you, you played it for five minutes and put it down, so I don't know how, far, how much you scanned or anything, but there are, there are a lot of items that you can scan, and you don't need to, but doing so kind of gives you another piece of what's been going on, uh, another piece of the world. Uh, not only what's been going on in this game, but what might have happened in the original Metroid. Um, because if I'm getting my timelines correct, Prime happens before Metroid...
1: Metroid and before Metroid 2.
0: Before Metro 2 and Game Boy, right? So it has references to the previous game, but it also has references to what's happening now. And like, you you totally don't have to do it, but it kind of builds up this whole and and yes, this whole alien civilization civilization that is post mortem. Like, as you're discovering all this stuff, like it's it's kind of derelict. It's it's empty. It's desolate. There's there's none of the civilization civilization left at all, and the only living creatures that are there are indigenous creatures and the guys who are coming after you. So it's like they don't play. Apart at all in the game, like whatsoever, but just kind of uncovering them and like seeing this whole other side of it. And I don't know, I mean, there's the, the I when can you ex- see what when you ahead. explain
2: it like that, I can clearly see the parallels. Then, yeah, it's like, um, I can't it, what's wrong with me. <laughs> well, you didn't see the movie, so I didn't it is see it either. For you, but I didn't like,
0: see it either. I'm just going based off that paragraph,
2: yeah, like just because Samus is is kind of like compared to the journalist. By she's, uh, you know, like you said, she's exploring these derelict civilizations and scanning things and getting like bits and pieces of information like that will will relate back or like that give her backstory. Whereas like the journalists and Sis and Kane are getting bits and pieces of information about. Uh, Kane's life and what Rosebud may be, and it's like that's how it's presented in the movie: is these slow bits and trickles of information, like because you don't find out the end of the movie until the end of the movie what Rosebud is either. So like right. you're kind of like exploring along with the possibilities of what these things are and getting these trickles of information, like throughout the movie, which is like sounds parallel to what you'd be doing like exploring these civilizations in Metroid Prime. Yeah, I I would say that the only
0: real unique factor in this. uh, and I'm not trying to slam Metroid Prime. It is my favorite game of all time. But, like, I I I don't think Metroid Prime invented that either. Okay, but it's like in a sense because because I start thinking about games like Resident Evil, for example, where you're exploring this place that's rid with that, that that's ridden with zombies, but the people who are responsible for it are nowhere to be found, and so you're picking up all these story cues from letters that have been dropped on the ground, and like. Uh, diary entries, you know what I mean, and so it's very similar. It's it's very similar to that, and I don't think that Metroid Prime necessarily invented it. But what I think they did do was what they what it did do was like combine all the elements that are in that game in a very certain way that that um, I guess is just Metroid is what that's what it's known for. Um, I've always found Metroid to be one of those series where it's all about isolation and loneliness and just you know kind of hopelessness not hopelessness necessarily but it's 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 not it's it's very it's not very happy and it's not very comforting because at least in resident evil you're talking there are other people in the mansion with you um at least in something like castlevania um which you know borrowed very heavily from the original Metroid formula you know there's shopkeepers to talk to and all that shit in, Metro, in all the Metroid games, except for Metroid Fusion and Metroid Prime 3, two of the games which I think are kind of kind of take away from that desolation and are disappointing as a result, you 're all alone. no one's there to help you. All the help that you're getting is from some dead guy or some dead alien who decided to write down what was going on. so in that sense, I, like that's um, i don't know if they're c- comparing the dark and lonely atmosphere to um, to Citizen's Game, let's see what they say here. Using cinematography to express something very personal and human. I can sort of see that, kind of. Like, when when you're in an environment where you are alone, without a soul in the world to talk to, you start to evaluate things yourself, about yourself. I don't know, that's kind of tenuous to me, though. I don't know if
2: that makes any sense to you guys. Mm. Yeah, um... I don't know, it's just... I guess the story isn't, like, it's hard to really, like, discuss further without, like, you guys having seen the movie and me having actually played through the game. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. Ah, uh, <laughs> um, yes. Whether maybe or not... We, yeah. I was going to say, maybe we can revisit, if you guys see the movie, then yeah. maybe we can revisit this sometime in the future. Because I could easily play the game because I have, you know, a Wii and I could just get the get the game and play through it. Um, Although I should probably, if I were to do that, I should probably get, I, I would assume, get the trilogy. Yeah, but you yeah, said you I mean, couldn't even get past five minutes of it. Yes, but, I i mean, I'd be willing to give it a second chance. Um, and, I mean, I could get the game without, like, you know, there I could rent it or something. Oh, um, uh, okay. Like, I, I wouldn't have to actually invest a lot of money to try to play through it again. Um, but I do understand that it is, like, it is widely considered to be, like, I, I'm saying one of the greatest games. Um, some might say the greatest game. Uh but, yeah, so, I mean, I'd be willing to give it another chance just based on that fact alone. Yeah. I, I don't see, before we move on, I just want to caution because, like, I don't
0: ever, like, at this point, I I hate it. I'm starting to hate when people, oh, this is the greatest, whatever, because you're never going. It's not necessarily about agreement, though it kind of is. And it's more about, like, there are cert, there there's so many different things now in this day and age that make a game great. Like you right. were saying, if you find a game that plays awesome but the story is not there, you're going to hate it. I'm the exact opposite. If the story's awesome, but, like, the gameplay is kind of monotonous, I I, I don't care. It's not a good game for me, period. And, like, um, some might consider that Metroid Prime doesn't have a story because there are no cutscenes and there are no dialogue and blah, blah, blah. And you find out everything by scanning, and that's all voluntary. You know, some, some people consider that Half-Life 2 story or plot, or whatever, is terrible, because there are no cutscenes, and everything happens in, and I argue the exact the exact opposite, I think the story is more engaging, because you're in the action all the time so you're never gonna get not only are you never gonna get a consensus of what's good, it's just that there there is no, I don't think that there can be a committee put together to decide what's great and what's not, and so, like, when, the same thing when people say Citizen Kane's the greatest movie of all time you're sitting there and you're telling me, well, it's terrible, it's like, well, I have to I have to listen to what Pete's saying because if he feels that strongly about it, then there's something wrong with people sitting there and saying that something is definitely
2: the greatest. So Yeah. It's know. sort of the uh the I I don't know art but I know what I like argument. And, you know, people wanna just I think a lot of people who think this is like for Citizens Kane, I think a lot of people think this is the greatest movie of all time are the you know, are probably pretentious assholes who are just like, you know, oh the art direction blah 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 I don't think I mean I don't think so. I mean there I, I'm sure that there's
0: definitely a reason for it. I mean because going back to what you said, you know, for you it's got to be story, but for some films it's it's not about the story but about how, you know, the characters interact and how like um how it's done, you know, from and some sometimes movies retell the very similar story but for using different techniques that make that story more poignant. So, like I'm not willing to cast it off just yet, but like if it's if it's slowly paced, you know, I, some I don't know some movies are slowly paced but are great. You you, you never know. It's, it's that's why I'm saying it's
2: different for everyone. Right, and I mean, not I'm not trying to cast just, it off. You know, I'm just saying that like I th- I personally think that like a lot of times when things are like people want to latch onto the oh this is the greatest thing ever argument, they don't really like have an argument for why it is. Some like, do, some don't. Right, right. That's why I'm not saying I'm not trying to be all encompassing. I'm just saying that, like, I think a lot of people don't like. If I were to actually sit down have a discussion with somebody who has seen the movie and wants to try to argue why it's the greatest movie of all time, right? I feel that, like, like I might not be able to change their opinion, but I definitely don't think they'd be able to change mine, and I think that my argument would be would overall sound be more sound for why I would not. Yeah, okay, well, whatever. Just you guys see the movie. Maybe we'll visit, revisit this discussion in the future. You you Netflix that Al you Netflix it
0: like a like a pimp or something yeah so I, know, I got nine, big, no, nine minutes
2: till I have different. to stop recording I mean you guys can definitely obviously feel free to continue on with the stories whatever stories you want afterwards but well, like if you want to try sore. to squeeze squeeze in one more story before I have to go my butt's getting sore so let's
0: uh let's talk about um God I don't know if these are two good topics all right if you want well,
2: me to choose I would, uh you choose I mean me. I would want to talk what no him go. Oh you. I would want to talk about the continues thing, the 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 so so supposed innovation that is making games easier. Right. Okay, um, so so Al, you want to recap that really quickly, like what's
0: you know, what is this whole continued thing? Sure.
1: Um this is basically summarizing a an article by Stephen Totillo mm-hmm. in Kataku. Why am I speaking like that? I don't know. <laughs> <Good> uh. <talk. laughs> he went to a demo of um Mario Brothers Wii. Yep, and um, I'm trying to find out where, but I don't think he describes where. But where? the rep was playing the game, and he was just <clears throat> trying to show Steven the um, feature of the game. Where, where is it? Um, oh, the the super guide helper mode, where they basically play the game for you or something like that. But it only. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yep. It only kicks in when you lose eight lives on the same level. So the game starts you with five lives, you have to lose all your lives, and then lose a couple more in the next continue. And then So he noticed... looked at the continue screen and saw a number. <clears> he <throat> thought he saw a number, but um, the rep explained to him that the continue uh, doesn't count down, it counts up. But they're saying that this is a pre-release, so it may not actually you know, come right. to surface in the actual game, but it brought him to think about if it were to come in the actual game, uh, you know, what does that do to the player? Uh, you know, thinking about a system that counts continues up. Uh, right. And He says in, in the article, would people mind if the game exposed how many continues they used? Would it expose continues as an unneeded metric that complicates the calculation of the number of lives a player used? Because obviously, the number of continues is just a uh, kind of like a division. It just gives you more lives. Yeah. Right. It's a division of how many lives you use. Um. So, that brought me to think about how metrics, in general, affect how players play games. And it it definitely affects me. Uh, You know, my classic definition is Metal Gear Solid 2, or Metal Gear Solid, period. Where, at the end of the game, it calculates everything you've done in the game and gives you a rating based on what you've done. Mind you, Metal Gear Solid is a rather long game. At least, personally, there's some people who probably, you know, go through it very quickly. But I'm mm-hmm. not one of them. And to be able to go through a game the second time of that type is very difficult for me. I've I've only played through Metal Gear Solid once, and I don't really have much of a uh, uh, desire a desire thank you to actually play it again. Um Mainly because it's still fresh in my brain. Like I, I don't know why it's fresh in my brain, but there are a lot of things that I can think about with Metal Gear Solid and I'm like, I don't even want to do that again. Like, for <laughs> example, the sniping part and trying to snipe the girl before she snipes you. Right. It, it was just like taxing on my brain. But what do you think, if it was more <clears throat> in, a, in a casual sense, like, for example, Mario Brothers Wii, uh, what does something like counting or giving you a tally of how many times you fucked up. Yeah, it's a failure Dude. counter. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, like, what what does it do to your brain? What do you think that it could possibly affect, uh, you know, just general population, not even, like, hardcore games. gamers? Uh, Pete should talk since he's only yeah. six minutes.
2: I'll just, uh, I'll I'll, I'll kind of go all over the place real quick. But anyway, uh, you're, like... Okay, as far as the metrics things go, because, like, like, to me, this is more of... I see this more as a uh, of a simplification of games type of thing, but in terms of the metrics like uh, affecting gameplay or like personal feelings on stuff, I actually think, at least in this particular instance, that that something like this is actually kind of a cool thing, because in a way it's a reverse leaderboard. I mean, with the Wii, mm. it's not so. Good because you know there's not so much you know internet connectivity there. Right. But if more games start doing this, it's kind of a reverse leaderboard. Whereas old arcade games, your leaderboards were how long could you last until you died? Where something like this is like how, how long... terrible are you? Yeah. Well, no, I want to see. I want to think of it as a how <laughs> terrible. It's like you know how how many like how good were you to get be, to get through this game? Like don't think of it as terrible. Think of it as like you know I was good enough to get through this game in this many lives or whatever. Um, and then this way everybody's able to complete the game and fully enjoy it. Um, uh, I actually think that's a really good thing um the only thing is that uh like if I wanted to just touch on the simplification part like that's where things start to bother me a little like um, I would kind of like the idea i don't i mean I don't know if this particular game has the option, but uh if like I want games to have options to turn these these type of things off uh-huh. um to back up for a second a game like Bioshock, I actually didn't like the whole Vita chamber system um. Mm and i know later they patched it in to make it harder but when the game first came out i actually felt kind of like like i felt like i was even though it's part of the game you i felt, felt like were i was cheating to run up to a big daddy and just go all out of salt until he killed me respawn and go just keep that process going till i killed him like i felt like i there was no point in me trying to use strategy because there was no real threat or fear of like you know loss of progress right um so games that like introduce these kind of systems where like you can just keep going and there is no threat like i wish there's the option to turn that off so that you can still feel like for me personally that's what gives me a challenge is knowing that there is the threat of loss of progress uh where like the old old mario brothers games you know like going through a level you fuck up enough times you got to restart the level or restart the game over like that's a that's a threat that makes the game challenging and fun for me um I just wanted to input the, uh, cause the reason I want to talk about the story was because I was playing the demo of 4 to 3 recently, mm-hmm. and, uh, like, I think I talked about that in my tail end of 149. Um, but there's a, uh, there's a the rewind. The, it, yeah, in 4 to 3, they introduce a rewind button. So basically, anytime during the race, if you fuck up, you can hit the back button, on, and you'll, just rewind as far back as you want to, and then you can hit, okay, I'm good to go, and retry that same thing. And you can do this as many times as you want to. Duh, and... I'm about to pull a peep because I was playing something else that has that, but go on. <laughs> and there's absolutely no penalty to doing it. Um, obviously, you can't use it in online races because it just wouldn't work. But I yeah. bet you if they could figure out a way to make that work, they would have put that in. Um, but, I mean, I don't care about the online. I'm just focusing on the, on the single-player aspect right now. Like, that... Feels like cheating to me. Like the fact that it's there means that I'm going to use. it. I know it should be a power- matter of willpower. I should just say, okay, if I want the challenge, I won't hit this button. But I mean, it's there, so I'm going to use it. Like if th- all they need is an option to say turn off rewind button, and I'll turn that option on so that I can't right. use the rewind button, so that I don't have to worry about my own willpower. I just be like, okay, I know it's not there. It's not a crutch for me to like think I can use, and then I can enjoy the game to the extent that I want to enjoy it. I don't care if I fuck up a hour-long race and have to redo the whole thing. Like That's that's what makes a game interesting and challenging for me. What were you going to say, Austin? Uh, two things uh, about that. One, um, you should play Grid,
0: because I, I, I got that for like five bucks off of Steam like a couple of months ago. But yeah, I was playing Grid, and they have the same thing. However, they limit the amount of times you can use it, and they do have an option to turn pro mode on where you're not even allowed to use it. So basically, you can only rewind four times in a match, in a, in a race, and that's it. And I think that's great, because it offers you the opportunity to do it, and you're going to do it if you need to. But it says, nope, you can't do it anymore, you, you've, you've used them all up, so now you've got to nut up or shut up. you know. And that leads to my second question, that if they did something like they did with the continues in Mario Wii, where they tallied how many times you used the rewind button, and somehow made it into like a whole big deal of, well, you used it like 27
2: times, and gave you like a like a dunce hat badge, like, what would that do? Yeah, see, I want—I I mean, don't think, I wouldn't want it to be a negative, where like, there's a dunce hat badge, or something like that, you know, something stupid like that, where it's like, it, where it calls you out for being, not as good as somebody else, but it would be cool, if there was, if they did tally it, and then there was some sort of, leaderboard associated with it, or a friends leaderboard, like, you know, uh, if we both played Forza 3 and on on the Xbox Live and said, you know, you beat this race only using rewind twice, and I'd be like, all right, fuck you, I'm gonna do right. it only using it once or zero. Right. Um, that would actually be okay with me, but there is no like tally or anything. It's just right. It's, it's all just, you could You know, personal like fuck with my own head bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, I'll let you guys continue this conversation. I definitely have to go. Uh, sucks that I have to leave in the middle of the cast. But y'all know, gotta work, make money, son. So yeah. Good. Work calls. Um. Mm-hmm. So, uh, real quick, just to since I will to get to say it later, everyone find me on Facebook, facebook.com slash Riven and RYVVN. What? RYVVN. Yes, RYVVN. And you guys, uh, anyone out there, can you know find me and tell me how good Citizen Kane is or how awesome rewind buttons are. <laughs> um. But yeah, uh, I'll, sucks. I'll talk to you guys later, and everyone else, I'll talk to you next week and stuff. Yeah. Uh, bye for me. Baby. Bye. 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 See you. Bye.
0: Bye. He's gone. He's going. He's going. Removed from conference. Now he's gone. So, um, I think that kind of ties into well, may, you tell me because I'm starting. I I see a huge link here between that and achievements, right? <coughs> and and um, like we've seen how so achievements affect the way that people play. True. Um. It, though though I think maybe it's a little bit different. I I don't know. Like you you tell me. What do you think? Well, achievements. I think <clears throat> they don't really affect
1: the way people play. I think that they affect. The, um, like, what I mean by the way people play, because what I'm gonna say can be easily translated as the way people can play, but, um, when I mean the way people play, I mean people will. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> <God>. <coughs> Damn this. <little coughs> coffee and milk and crap. Um, when something keeps track of every little thing you do, like, Prinny does that. Mmm. It keeps track of like you know how many how many points you've gotten not never well it keeps track of like your rank in every level but it keeps track of your highest score as well as your highest score in a level where you've never died mm-hmm. and it also keeps track of how many levels I think you've passed in Hell's Finest without dying and things like that you know you kind of want to chart on those things so it makes you want to do things like reset the level every time you die. For the Mm. first time you die on a level. And what that does is it kind of... It drills you, so you... Granted, you get to learn every nuance of a level that you keep playing over and over until you actually finish it, but then you wind up stagnating because you wind up playing the same level for like two, three hours where you could have progressed through most of the game uh, if that hadn't existed. If you didn't have a uh, reason to focus on trying to perfect a particular stage uh, when there's other things to do, obviously. I mean, if you finished a whole game and you just want to improve, that's a different story. But <clears throat> same when you first get the game and you're like, <clears throat> like me, I spent a good probably like hour and a half on tutorial stage two. And I did that for the sole purpose of trying to get a no-mistake. And hmm. I I think, I I don't even think I did it, because I think I died on the boss. I, I got no mistake throughout the entire level, and then I died once on the boss. I was like, oh. that is such bullshit, because the boss is the stupid Damien character that just swoops around left and right, and I'm like, how the
0: hell did I die?
1: And I didn't try it again. Um, when, I'm not talking about that, but with uh, achievements, I think it changes why people play, what their goal is, what they're doing. Yeah, like I a lot start, of people. Uh, yeah. Oh, sorry. A lot of people play Gears of War two, not for the single player, but for the multiplayer. But also, not for the multiplayer, just for the experience, but to unlock the achievements related to multiplayer. And then maybe they'll get around to playing single player, but they'll play single player, <clears throat> possibly also to unlock achievements.
0: As as you clarify that, uh, I, mean, I, I I definitely agree with that. But I I, I am now thinking about how you're defining, like, how people play differently when they're presented with metrics. And I think that achievements, now now that you've clarified that, apply to that as well. Because there's so many different types of achievements. There's ones for just progressing. There's ones for doing stupid shit, like dying ten times in a row. And yeah. then there's some that mimic the metrics that we see, such oh, yeah. as, um, I don't know, like, um, don't die on this stage, or don't do this, or collect a hundred of these. And so, like, players, like, will try to... Um, let's take Ikaruga, for example. I don't know what the achievements are in that, but let's just pretend that it's like, get a 30 chain. And the only opportunity to do a 30 chain in, in a certain stage, which you and I both know is not true, there, there's opportunities everywhere, but let's, for the sake of argument, the only opportunity to get an X number of chains is, you know, you have to do it perfectly up until that point in level. You miss it, you're going to restart. Mm-hmm. So, but that, I, I guess that's basically just taking the metrics that already exist that people sometimes put into the games and making it, like, more concrete. Um, right, and making it an achievement. Like, saying,
1: in order to unlock this achievement for, like, 10-gamer score, you have to
0: do this, as opposed to, yeah. this is the best you've done. It's like in a GTA game when, when it's like, I want to get 100%. Well, not only do you get 100%, but now they're also saying, you also get an achievement for that. So, just adding mm-hmm. it on top. Like, I right. know a lot of people who are 100% horse. Oh, and yeah, that's, people who and, like yeah play a game, and they'll do every little thing in the achievement in, in the achievement list just so that right. they can Well, not kind of not only achievements, thousand. but I'm actually going back to just regular metrics now. The fact that they keep a metric on how complete are you. In Donkey Kong Country, are you 100%? If you're not 100%, they will go back and not consider the game done until they find every single secret area. Mm-hmm. Because that's what that bumps your level up. Yeah, that's what bumps the level up to 100%. And I think the funny thing for me is that... If it's not an inherent part of the gameplay, it's not going to make me want to do it. If it's just a number sitting there, or a, a grade sitting there, then I'm not going to want to finish it. Let me give you an example. Um, Ikaruga, okay? Um, Ikaruga is uh, uh, is S-rank, is, is it top? Or is it S++? I don't know. I, don't even, I haven't played a game in one yeah. time. I don't strive to get an S-rank because it's an S-rank. I strive to get an S-Rank because the method for getting an S-Rank is tied inherently to its core gameplay system of of its... Or not even its core gameplay system, but its metagame of the, the chaining. Because mm-hmm. you don't need to chain to win an Ikaruga. But the whole point of playing Ikaruga is to learn how to chain because that's what the hook is. Right, that is the gameplay mechanic. That is, yeah. Like, it's not necessarily to beat it, but to perfect it. For me, at least. So. mm mm-hmm. You know, my whole thing is I want to get chains and I want to figure out how to do this right because that's the puzzle element of it. That's why I play it. And lo and behold, okay, I do get an S rank because of it, but I'm not doing it because I get an S rank. So if Donkey Kong Country, let's say, you get 100% because you find all the secret areas, but the, all the secret areas are just like um, – they're just like hidden barrels, right? Something like, like that. Right. And so it's not necessarily a secret level or a secret item that I found or whatever. It's just, oh, I get a bonus extra lives. That was never all that intriguing to me. It was intriguing at first because it's like, now i got to explore everywhere, but when I realized that all it was was just getting extra lives, I'm like, well, I have like 20 lives already, so why do I really care? It wasn't intrinsic to the core gameplay mechanic. It didn't didn't add enough to it to make it interesting enough for me to go, I want to get 100% on this. Now, if you get 100% because you're like, hey, I'm getting an extra life meter, or I'm getting ex- like in Metroid, I'm getting extra weapons that can help me in my quest. Because once you get an excess of lives, you kind of feel like you don't care anymore. But yeah, once you because get, you're yeah. never gonna reach a point where you're critical. Right. But if but if you're talking about like another game where it's like making you stronger and all that stuff, and it's like not just finding some random secret area in a barrel, but you have to go out of your way to find that stuff. That's when I want to find stuff. Right. I have an example of that actually uh, yeah. with Assassin's Creed. Uh, uh, there's a
1: whole bunch the, of stuff, the flags well, not not the flags uh, uh, okay, but okay. the um, the viewpoints and the investigations and the saving of the citizens every time you do fifteen of those, you get another bar for your DNA. so mm. your energy gets uh, bigger, larger and larger. So you're kind of encouraged to do everything inside the city uh, before you get started with the assassination. And mm-hmm. for me, like, I'm always, you know, when I get to a city, my goals are to do all the viewpoints, save all the citizens, and do most of the um, uh, interrogations before I, not interrogations, mostly investigations before I do the assassination. Just mm, so, so you that can get everything. I can get those um, sync points. Right. Uh, it's the flags, like... uh, I, I, I go out of my way if I actually see it, but I've only collected all the flags in my CF, Right.
0: See, I was going to parallel that to um, something like Devil May Cry, where, you know, they, they, they give you the ratings and whatever, and you're like, all right, whatever, that doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. But unless I'm remembering incorrectly, don't you get an orb bonus for doing better? You do. So that's why I want to do better, because I get that orb bonus. In Ninja Gaiden, um, I don't think you get a bonus for, for getting, like, Greater Ninja or Master Ninja, right? You just get the rank? You just get the rank. It's based on how much karma you have in the uh, in level. Oh, okay. So you don't get karma for it, but, it, you know, it tells but you. But you don't get, like, additional orbs and stuff for money like that. And that's, like, <clears throat> if they were to give me a bonus on top of that, yes, I would try to get Master Ninja. But whenever I fight through a level and I get, like, what's a, what's a really... P- like, like stupid ninja or some shit? I don't know. Ninja dog. Like, that's <laughs> like, if I were to go through a level and, like, I think I'm doing all right and I'm getting by... And I get Ninja Dog, I'm not going to be like, shit, I need to go and do that again. I'm just yeah, like, I'm, I'm just like, ah, fuck you, next level. Yeah, but like in Devil May Cry, like if I'm finding that my red orbs are depleting and I need to buy shit, I'll be like, no, you know what, I have to go back and do this. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, I, need to get that. I need to get, get, that, get that bonus. Too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there, I, think, I think like metrics in and of themselves actually don't do anything for me. Unless you're talking about a game that's like com- that, Guitar Hero, for example. Oh well, um, yeah, I th- but that's a game that's based in metrics, right? Or I should say specifically Guitar Hero Metallica because you need to get you need to use the stars to unlock the further tiers. Right. So, but like um, if I went through um, if I went through um, if it wasn't for the fact that I you know enjoyed perfecting the game so much, like I probably wouldn't care if I never got a fifth star on some songs. Like for the longest time, Raining Blood, I was just like, you know what, I don't really care to get that fifth star anymore. And then one day, I just happened to do it. Mm-hmm. But What were you saying? Oh, I was going to bring back
1: Metal Gear Solid and an example of how metrics are good but they're only good for a certain type of player. Mm-hmm. At the end of Metal Gear Solid as is at the end, well, I think it's the same thing with Resident Evil as well. Based on your ranking you get a bonus for your next playthrough. Now, not all of us is going to go and play through the game again. The entire
0: thing, yeah. But...
1: It's definitely cool where if you did really good and then you have something that makes you invincible or that makes you really powerful so you can kind of speed through the game the second time, it's, you know, that's a beneficial effect of metrics. But I think that if the game is too long, the the effect of the metric is is kind of diminished. It's, it's deprecated because who's going to want to go play through a 10-hour game Again. and then get an item that makes the 10-hour game now seven hours? Yeah. You know and it's 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 kind of weird like that. like um, I'm trying to think of a short game that had things like that, but I can't think of one at the moment. but <clears throat> it would be cool if a short game that had metrics where you finish the game and you get an item that makes it easier to get through the game a second time. And then on top of that, when you get through the game a second time, uh, you know kind of like pretty. there's different things that you can do that encourage you to play the game again and again. And then at right. the same time, you're getting items that help make it easier the second time around, even though it's still hard. But there are will... really many games like that. Yeah,
0: I will say, and maybe this is jumping back far, but to 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 bring back the hundred percent thing. Mm-hmm. In some cases, I actually do want to get that hundred percent in in certain types of games because of what that hundred percent means. And I guess this is. I mean, I guess. I've already explained why I don't go for 100% in some games like Donkey on Country because it doesn't mean that much. But when I was thinking about Metroid and all those items, I started thinking about Castlevania and like I always go for 100% on Castlevania if I can help it. And the reason is because if there's something that I missed um map-wise, then that must that that could mean that there's something that I missed item-wise. That's that true. And I and I want to get that to help my cause. And nothing makes me matter when I try to fill out a percent, and all it is is that I just haven't jumped high enough to reach that corner of the room.
1: Oh yeah, and that's
0: all it is. I'm like, you, you mean I, I got nothing for this? Yeah, so.
1: but I think that 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 type of metric in terms of map exploration is a little bit easier to swallow. Yeah, Where, yeah. you know I, I I love doing the hundred percent, and I I at the same time I really hate having like ninety nine point nine and <laughs> you can't find that last one because the entire map is open. You're like. What the and it winds up being like like one pixel secret yeah either it's a a a corner in a room that you didn't jump and open up or it's some kind of really weird secret that you should have done while you were playing the game but now that 2 you haven't done it
0: it's like finding a needle in a haystack yeah um I'll tell you where metrics don't affect me at all you know how Street Fighter starts grading you now like ever since Street Fighter 3 they started grading you on technique like I don't care
1: ah yeah I think that that's uh superficial um you know, it's it, well, I, it is superficial because there is no benefit to uh, that rating. It's not like you can unlock a character if you beat everybody with a certain rating, or right. uh, you know, it's almost like a, the hidden metric, quote unquote, of getting uh, Goki or Akuma in, um, in Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo, where it's like you got to get this amount of perfects or right, this right. many rounds and then you actually get a character to come out that you can fight and potentially unlock. That is a little different, but when it's like, yeah, you got a D in physical and a D <laughs> in, like, Defense. throws and yeah. shit. It's like, go on to the next fight, and they don't even... Oh, wait, do they even record, like, how... Um, not how. Do they record the history in Street Fighter Is it's, it's Third Strike, right? Because I... I I don't think it's in double impact. I, I can't
0: remember third strike. I know in Street Fighter Four they just ta- they they just show you the results at the end of the match, but they don't they don't like save it or anything. Okay, it's not
1: like uh they have the whole list of characters you've already fought and then the grade that you got on
0: each one of them. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think so, but I could be wrong. I like every time I beat the game I just like reset it and play it again like with a different character. Yeah. So, I, don't, I don't I don't know sure. if nothing. Mm. Um let's see. Speaking of Street Fighter Four, it's now twenty dollars. Oh yeah 360, 360. yeah. I will say okay. One place where the metrics do kind of get me, you know, to 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 play things again, advanced wars, because um, I think they count is, more in games like that. They they uh, matter to you mentally. You know what? Yeah, it does because, uh, like, when they say my speed and my power and technique are a certain level, I'm like, well, then that means that there's a there's a faster way to finish this level. Mm-hmm. And because it's a strategy game, it hinges on the core, like core, uh, uh, because strategy for me, a strategy game is all about figuring out how to do things better, more efficiently, faster, quicker more powerful, right whereas a game like Street Fighter is literally just, I just want to fucking survive right, you just want to win, even if it's with one HP Uh, I don't care, I won because that's the the excitement of that game the excitement of a game like Advance Wars is how close can I get to demolishing you like I get I don't get the as much satisfaction out of playing a Street Fighter match where I demolish the other person or the other person demolishes me. It's always better when it comes down to the wire. Yeah, yeah. because so, then that's where the tension and everything hits. Right. But where like in a strategy game, like when the tension hits you feel like you're helpless and that's I don't like that. <laughs> so Um other games with metrics, other games. I'm trying to look. Um yeah, me look too. at my shelf. Um it always comes back to the shelf. Yeah. I will say the one game that is that is completely metrics driven for me right now is Burnout um, Revenge because my whole oh, I don't I yeah. don't see myself beating the whole game because I want to move on. I just like playing it so much, so I set myself a goal for reach Dominator or reach dom I think it's Dominator reach Dominator rank and then stop playing. That's my like I will f- consider my time with Burnout Revenge finished when I hit Dominator. Mm-hmm. But again, see that's just an arbitrary thing to get myself to stop from playing it. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So. Like, there's no other, like, if Burnout Revenge were, like, the only Burnout I had, because I have Paradise as well, then I would just play it to completion. But I I don't, and it's a job. Yeah, it's a chore. But, um, yeah, so, I think we should wrap this up, but before we do, mm-hmm. because I forgot the one thing that I was playing, which is Grid, I'm gonna do a PD Pablo and, and, and retcon what we've been playing. <laughs> um, okay. I've had Grid on the DS, actually, because it was cheap. And Other Austin, who was also a GameSpot freelancer, actually gave it a favorable review. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to try this. I and it's a that. decent... It's a, Huh? I remember that. Yeah. It's a decent uh, DS racing game, man. And it works pretty decently with D-pad. And, you know, I, I've been having fun with it. But when it came on Steve for, like, five bucks, I'm like, shit, let me, let me have... It, it was more of a test of my video card's power than it was that I really, really, really wanted to play Grid. Mm-hmm. But then I got into it, and I raced for four races. And it's, uh... It's... It's not super simmy. It's accessible, but at the same time, I can't just go willy nilly. Like, um, it spins out. Your, your cars spin out more than they do in something like Project Gotham, which is still halfway arcade Okay. So, me being a shitty driver in real life and in video games, like, it, it, it's taking a little while for me to get accustomed to it. But it looks really gorgeous, and it runs perfectly, and the in cockpit view is absolutely wonderful. Um, the rewind especially helps me. We were talking about it with Pete before. Mm-hmm. Um but of course there there are certain things that you do to tweak your difficulty like brake assist turn on or off um stabilizer turn on and off um auto brakes turn on and off and even the even the rewinds turn on and off and every time you turn something off or on which could help you or hinder you like it it adds to the amount of money that you can earn and reputation points that you earn and so there's a little motivator in there that says hey you might want to stay in cockpit view because it's harder to drive that way, but it'll give you more reputation at the end of the race. Or, hey, stop being such a pussy. Turn off the auto brake and see what that does for you. Um, And so, that's a. I I Personally, I just think it's a great way for, like, goading people to get better at the game while still letting them be like, you know what, you can still play it with all the shit turned on. Um, Instead of Forza, where apparently, like, you have no penalty whatsoever for rewinding. You know, mm-hmm. like at the very least, like Pete said, I think they should give you an option for that, but they don't. It doesn't seem like they do. I don't know. Maybe the demo doesn't have it. Maybe the retail product does.
1: Mm-hmm. I um, just sent
0: you a link, uh, an article that was just put
1: up on Kotaku about oh wow achievements. Exactly what we were just talking about.
0: hundred percent
1: in games, fun or fun compulsive behavior. Or compl- yeah, um, that's nuts.
0: Yeah, and see, I and I think maybe this is the the terms that they use here, the the verbiage that they use here. It, it describes me exactly. It when I go for something like that, it's not for compulsion's sake, but for the game's sake, mm-hmm. because I want to. I want to be in the in the best position to succeed. So, like I was saying, with like perfect example was Donkey Kong Country, is that like once I attain a certain amount of lives, I don't really care about finding all the secrets, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and you don't even need to necessarily go for all the secrets just to get more lives. That's true. You can just get the bananas. That's how so, I got my plethora of lives. This is in slant. It looks like oh, true slant. A natural person sees games as a source of entertainment. Uh, a rational person sees games as a source of entertainment and little else. Of course, playing games can make one feel refreshed and energized, and so may aids, and so may aid one's non-gaming pursuits indirectly. But still, in these cases, the usefulness of gaming derives solely from the fun and enjoyment of one experiences by playing. Part of rationally committing to playing games for the sake of having fun is forming an accompanying commitment to abandon instances of gaming that are not fun, which could lead into, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but then I'm, I'm thinking that they lead into that compulsion where it's like, I gotta get 100%, are you having fun? No, but I gotta do it. Right. So They're, They actually kind of, it's funny, they
1: continue it's like, this isn't a controversial idea, a parallel point holds true for all structurally similar engagements. Suppose that you decide to use an uh... oven solely for the purpose of making a tasty cake. If you commit to using an oven only for its purpose, then insofar as you are rational, you commit to stop using the oven if it's not serving its purpose. If the oven isn't working properly, then you should stop using the oven. It would be irrational not to change your behavior in such a case. And of course, the same is true for gaming. Games are
0: meant to be fun. If you're playing a game and you're not having fun, then you really ought to stop playing the game. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. And I, I think um, I think that it's a fair argument, though, to say that for some for those people who are 100% whores, um, if they truly do derive enjoyment out of like seeing that 100% and satisfaction, then that's okay. But so I, I, feel like, I feel like most people fall into that category because even though they're not having fun while they're doing it, at the end of the day, there's a big smile on their face. Mm. For the ones who are just relieved and like, thank God that's over, they should go to a shrink. <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> like something like this, the, the first example, which I kind of relate to. Uh, he says, I often speak to people who have forced themselves to finish the main quest in games they've stopped enjoy- enjoying partway through. A friend of mine spent over 50 hours playing Baten Kaitos*, even though I heard nothing but complaining beyond the 15 hour mark. Another See, related example is the phenomenon I'm addressing. is the tendency that some people have to try and explore 100% of a game's content regardless of whether they enjoy the process mm-hmm. to or it. So. Um, that reminds me of like Baten Kaitos*, where yeah. There were things that I could have done in the game, extra shit, and I'm like,
0: "Fuck that!" Yeah, <laughs> I just want to finish the game. See, the thing with a game like *Botan Kaitos* and other and and RPGs like that is is I still feel compelled to finish it because, at the very least, like I I know I've said that if a game has subpar gameplay but a great story, like it's not a good game to me, but that doesn't mean that I don't want to consume the story. Exactly. It it's just, it just like... means, yeah. Well, go ahead. No, you go. I was just gonna say it just it simply means that. Were I to evaluate the experience, I would say story is great, gameplay is not that great, and gameplay wins. So for me, this wasn't an enjoyable experience, but I still wanted to stick through the story because at least if I'm going to – if I had to suffer through that game for the first however many hours that I suffered through it, at least I want some little reward. Right. And the only thing that that's going to be is the story, so I might as well go ahead and consume it. Now, if the story sucks as well, then you know, I'm just going to say, you know what? Screw yeah, it. Yeah, then you just drop it right then and there. Right. So what were you going to say?
1: Uh, I was gonna compare it to something that then I later thought, wait a minute, it doesn't quite make sense. I was gonna compare it to like a book, but the what about the book would be bad that the story is still good? Uh, we already discussed this. Like
0: if a book had bad grammar but the story was good, but the, how is that even bad possible? grammar? Well, <laughs> actually, you know, um, um, oh shit, No Country for Old Men, the book mm-hmm. has almost no grammar in it. What? I shouldn't say no grammar. No, 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 has almost no punctuation in it. Is that intentional? I think that's intentional. Oh, but if it's intentional, that's a different story. But if it, was it because... could be a different story, but somebody might still be aggravated at trying to read it, and so they won't. For sure. It's like the people who don't who refuse to play Mega Man Nine. Like, it's old, and I can understand that, but still, I love it so. Mm-hmm. Um, books. Okay, so I'll, I guess I'll give an example. Um, da Vinci. Uh, anything by Dan Brown, the guy who did Da Vinci Code.
1: Okay.
0: Okay. So it's clearly meant to be a movie. It's one of those deals where it's like John Grisham's like, I'm making this book and the way I'm writing it is clearly meant to be a blockbuster hit and you know, nothing else. So it's shallow, you know, the mysteries aren't that good. Things like they're are always like MacGuffins or like Deus Ex machinas like at every turning point, oh something just happened. Oh look at yeah, oh look, now right. you know, now here's another twist, you know? But um, what it does do is it's very good at describing certain landmarks and makes it interesting to read about. So, if nothing else, like, those were the parts of the books that I enjoyed because there's, frankly, there was nothing else to enjoy about the book. So I'm like, you know what? I might as well listen to how he's describing, like, the piazza in, like, Rome, or not Rome, or in the Vatican City because I've never been there. Okay. So, something like that, I guess. I don't know, if you're trying to relate to books. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we've beaten this donkey into a horse. What do you think? Yeah, unless you want to talk about the easy achievements, which,
1: I mean, it's just something like reading the article would basically described the entire conversation.
0: That it would have be been a good yeah, that would have been a good segue actually mm-hmm. into that. But like I think we actually talked about how they might change behaviors. Actually, okay. So you did bring up in the description of your story that was it you or Pete who said that you didn't didn't think that it would change the way people play games or oh no 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 no, no. change how much people buy the game or change um, sales. That's I think it was, was Pete who said something about sales. I didn't say anything about
1: sales. I think it would change rental Not sales. Uh, I think it would definitely affect rentals but apparently, according to uh, Randy Pitchford of Gearbox um, he says the Achievement Hunter who's going to make purchase decisions around achievements per minute to ratio (laughs) uh, he's probably buying 10 to 20 titles a year or at least playing that many Uh, that's what he told Official Xbox Magazine he continues by saying he's playing a lot so he's a very frequent customer and you want to be in that pile, that's just business uh, Pitchford believes that easy, achievement, easy achievements can have a big effect on units sold, suggesting that they could boost sales by ten to 40,000 units. If you're talking about a triple A game selling between 1 and 2.5 and million units, you're talking tens of thousands of units of impact here. Unfortunately, most people in the industry don't think through it that much. Uh, you have designers designing achievements, mm. and they're the worst. Uh, then he continues to talk about... Uh, he doesn't continue to talk about anything. The article continues by saying that Borderlands, which is a game produced by his company, Gearbox. It's coming out October 20th, and the list of achievements is available. And let's take a look at what the achievements are. Well... Mm-hmm. Oh, c- c- go on, go on. Uh, let's see. Complete five missions in the Arid Badlands. Complete all missions in the Arid Badlands. Five minutes in Rust Commons. All missions in Rust Commons. Kill an enemy by stomping on its head. Race around the ludicrous speedway in under 31 seconds. Oh, God! Earn level five, earn level ten, earn level twenty, earn level thirty, and earn level forty. <laughs> uh <laughs> oh god. Discover Skag Gully, discover Sledge's safe. It's basically like discovering points in the map, I guess. Earn level fifty. Uh win a duel against another player. Sell fifty guns to a shop, earn a million dollars, uh kill a certain number of enemies with certain weapons, kill an enemy with certain skills, and then some secrets. <laughs> god, I guess they're easy. I mean, they're things that you probably would be able to do They're the just tally, game.
0: they're just metric tells. It's See, the thing about the easy achievements affecting sales is if you, okay, if you talk about what he says, a triple A selling game and that X percent extrapolates to, like Tens of thousands
1: of units Right.
0: I don't know if that's true I and I, I'm, not quite, I'm not doubting him and challenging him, I just don't know whether or not that's something that makes sense Quite yet. What I want to figure out is I, w- I would like to do a research of a pool of all video game players, no matter what they play, but all video game players, what their habits are, and how compulsive they are to get that achievement score as high as they can. Because what I'm thinking is, he's saying, okay, so he's basically saying a game that would sell um, X amount, okay, has Y amount of people who bought it simply because they were ach- easy achievements, right? Um, so, I think that
1: that Y is is a possible um, increase on the X number of right, units right,
0: on. no, right. That that's that's what I'm saying. So out of out of the ten people who bought the title, one person bought it because they wanted to get that achievement. I, I don't know, know if that's what he's saying. I think he's saying if there's ten people who bought the title, if it had easy achievements, it could be eleven. I don't think that that's not important though. What I'm saying is that what I'm saying is that um, there's a certain number of people who buy it. To play it and there's a certain number of people who buy it to get the achievement that's all I'm saying it doesn't matter what that, that, oh, I'm just saying that there's a breakdown like there's a certain number of people who buy it to get the achievement that's all oh I'm okay. okay meaning okay? that regardless, it, of, regardless really of whether easy. or not it's yes. after the number or it, yeah that's not even important so so let's say it's 10 to 1 alright 10 people buy it let's go your way 10 people buy it just to play it the, the 11th person buys it to get the achievement alright and so he's thinking that that's 10% so if this game sells 100 copies then 10 people will buy it to get that achievement. 10 additional people will get, will buy it to get achievement. What I want to figure out is based on the habits of the absolute number of people who play games, is it really 10 to 1 and then 100 to 10? Or does that mean 100 people will buy that game, but still only that that one crazy person one. is the only one who's going to buy it for the achievements? You know, I don't think that number scales is what I'm saying. I think there's right. a, cert- a set number of people who are achievement whores that will go out and buy these games or rent these games or whatever just to get that score up. And just because a, sell, a game sells more widely doesn't mean that suddenly there are 10 more people who say, you know what, I think I will buy this game that I probably wasn't going to buy before because, you know, I want to get more achievements. Well, hmm, why do I want to buy this game for easy achievements even though I don't care about easy achievements? I don't know because Randy Pitcher told me to, I guess. No, you know, I, that's- think I, I think
1: I might figure, might have figured
0: it out. I think what he's saying
1: is that uh, Mr. I like easy achievements. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Uh, may buy a game that he's not inclined to buying in the first place because they're easy achievements. So say right. if your one and two and a half million units are a certain kind of people, but Joe easy achievement was not going to buy your game in the first place.
0: But now that it has he, easy achievements, then yeah, now you got an extra uh, sale on your hands. I can I can understand. I can buy that. I can I can I can agree with that one. That that's that's a good point. I didn't think yeah. of that that way. So I, okay. I'm thinking it, 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 that would explain why you know the percentage however increase. many
1: people bought Avatar: yeah. Last Airbender to get that. Yeah. I still I don't I still minute. don't
0: think it's a straight increase, but I can see how it still can be percentage wide I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It,
1: it, I don't even think it's a percentage thing. I think it's just a, a set amount of people who that's that 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 bracket. It's kind of like you know, say um, a, a group of people in a certain area, right? And they're mm-hmm. all they're only in that area. They won't buy Grand Theft Auto, say, for example. Say if Grand Theft Auto came out and the achievements were... You, you, you had to play, like, through 20 hours of game to get all the achievements in a mm-hmm. you know, situation. It would sell to everybody except for these people in this area. Um, say if all the achievements of this game could actually be done in about 10 minutes, then you got everybody plus this group of people. And it will always be that group of people for whatever game it is. So a game that is catering to kids, Avatar The Last Airmender, which none of us are going to buy. And none of those easy achievement people would have even considered buying until somebody put up a video that said, here's how to get a 1,000 achievement points in a minute. Now you got, boom, extra sales. Yep. So they're saying, I think Randy Pitchford is like, you know, people are kind of... Even, I, I don't know if he's saying that people are ignoring the fact that these people exist and that maybe they should tailor or is he saying that the fact that some games actually tailor to these people is a bad thing. Hmm. You know, it, it doesn't really show his angle on it. it, it he's stating a fact, I right. guess, but it's not like he's putting his stance on it. What does... I don't I understand just, what this you know, sentence means where he said you have designers designing
0: achievements and they're the worst. Yeah. Honestly, I think like it could be a win-win. I mean, the design, the the publisher sells its games, and the per- like. A person wouldn't go after the achievement thingy if they didn't see some value in it. Mm-hmm. You know, so if they really, fi- I mean, it's it's. I, I understand it's exploitation of the weak. I'm not calling people <laughs> who go after achievements the weak. I'm just using a metaphor here. But if you know, hey, if, oh. if uh. Okay. If, a crack head wa- the, um, if a crackhead wants his crack, article. give him the crack. <laughs> True. Uh, let's
1: see. According to the original article... We do not endorse drug use or sale. <laughs> it says, uh, apparently blatant score whores like our own OXM GIF are an important enough demographic to be worth catering for. So he's actually on the stance of it's a good thing for sales to cater to these guys because you will get that extra amount of sales from those people. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, he says, unfortunately, most people in the industry don't think through it that much. You have designers designing achievements and they're the worst, meaning that the achievements are the worst, or, well, I don't think the designers are the worst. I think yeah, designers. I think he's talking about the achievements, yeah. The
0: Definitely. achievements
1: are the worst because they require too much work for achievement whores to get, therefore, you're alienating that group of people who could buy your game. Right. So it's kind of like looking at the product just for its face value to make money, which is definitely a very
0: business like uh, statement, right? Yeah. Horse into donkey. (laughs) Horse into donkey. All right, let's wrap this up. Uh, Where do you get your hair growed on the internet? xlm2k.blogspot.com. Oh my God! And drfisherpants.com. He blogs about stuff. Let me see what he has, if he's even. Fishypants.com Come on. Why is my internet so slow? Come on. <laughs> Come on. Come on. The last thing he posted was on September 12th. Uh, but yeah, he's still alive. All right, so that's Brian Fishman, friend of the site. Uh, go smell his fishy pants. That's kind of gross. Uh, yeah. And you can find Pete, as he already said, at uh, rub your vagina, vagina Now, R-Y-V-V-N, Facebook slash R-Y-V-V-N. Um, and send us some mail, please. God, just send us mail. Yeah, just say hi and, and ask yeah. a short question. Yeah. Uh, m a i l b a g at trikisnet. That's mail bag. You can spell it the other way if you want. At trikisnet, it'll get to us. Um, but uh, yeah, that's about it. So, uh, we're gonna leave it here. Uh, any last remarks before you ride off into the sunset? no, no I'm there. Uh, I'm done. Done. Do there. Done. Done. Do done. Do done. Yeah. So for Pete. Bye, for Al. Bye, for Pete again. Okay. No, that was that was a bad Pete. <laughs> That's <laughs> for Abe. Okay. For Abe. Yeah. Oh, 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 that Abe. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, yeah. I'm your host, Chupano. Gone. <laughs> and I got an email from Trina Mickey that says, "Grow your penis three inches longer." That's definitely porno. <laughs>